Adarna. Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday the 6th of October 2019. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Oh, I'm so tired. And Robert Kemp. Good enunciation on that 6th of October. There. <laughs> <laughs> Literally couldn't remember the year. So 2019. Tease for days. Toby's mic. Don't pick that up too bad. Teams. <laughs> yeah. We'll have 2020. <laughs> yeah, all the T's. Next oh year. Nothing but T's. Quad T's. Are you a quad T's? He is now. He's got a new kettle. Hey. You could you could still call it 2020 and it would still have the same number of T's. That's true, but what, <laughs> but not so many T's. No. T's. 2020. Thousands, though. It'd be thousands, not thousand. Oh, okay, not thousands. <laughs> unless, unless, you're, unless you're Irish, I suppose. <laughs> well, 2020. A quarter Irish, so. Well, it'd be tw- tw- 20. I could say 2000. Were... <laughs> well, they wouldn't say 20 with the second T, would they? The Irish accent tends to turn it into a 20. Maybe. Right? Mm. I'm not sure. You know what my knowledge of accents is like. Yeah. <laughs> Ropey at best. Yeah. <laughs> Everything becomes accidentally Indian. Or Mexican. <laughs> or Mexican. Or German. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Russian. <laughs> well, oh, how's boy. it going here in October 2019? I've seen one guy in a lederhosen. It's definitely October. <laughs> okay. Where did you see that? <laughs> On the streets of Ipswich last night. Really? Yeah, coming in from a party, or do you think I sh- traditional? I, sh- I don't know. I actually assume Oktoberfest is on somewhere. Oh yeah. When is that? Other than the entire month, I thought it was like like oddly. I thought it was in September. <laughs> like it's like oh, right. it's, le- it's supposed to be like the lead up to October or oh, something. I see. But we all do it in October because you know recognition, I suppose. Literal. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the start of October is the closest we can get. Yeah. While still being literal. Octoberfest. I mean, yeah. it's Oktoberfest. Obviously, it's a, like a Germanic tradition. Is it? Is it actually a tradition, or is it something made up that, that um, or some kind of amalgamation of traditions into I something where you just wear lederhosen and drink beer? Yeah, I think it's kind of a made-up thing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, Zach's immediately googling. Where am I? Or well? Austrians. <laughs> or Austrian. Yeah, I don't the know. clothing is genuinely traditional. That part is, but you probably don't wear it. Not I mean, I year think... round, maybe, but not certainly not for a specific day or. I don't think it's month. necessarily. Um, yeah, the, the clothing I don't think is necessarily tied to that month. That's just no. like traditional Bavarian wear. Yeah, Bavarian. Yeah, but. Well, okay, so from first thing is Rob was correct. Octoberfest is actually in September, like right. the twentieth of September, like there not even go. the end of September. <laughs> I'm just going to you know, revel in this moment because me being right is wow. Well. <laughs> so this guy at Ipswich got it a little bit out. Yeah, he's a little bit out, and apparently it's a historical thing. So okay. <laughs> it's not just some modern invention by a beer company or anything like that. <laughs> I bet they some, get a lot sometime out of in that. the 1800s. Yeah, but not that in the 1800s. Old, did they just come up with it? 
Well, I mean, everyone comes up with, a, with yeah, everything at some like point. Beer companies that were around in the 1800s to make up stuff for marketing. I no, guess. It seems to be a, a king-related thing. Some celebration to do with the king. Was it his birthday? Hmm. No, I think he was getting married, maybe. Oh, well, that makes a, that makes a bit of sense. <laughs> sure. Just everyone keep celebrating. Yeah, everyone liked it so much, we just kept doing it. At the same time, yeah, every year, but is. not the time of year that's in the title of the thing. Yeah. Well, only a few weeks before. I wonder if that king's a little bit pissed that it's not named after him. Unless he was King October. No, he's not. <laughs> oh, they got married on the 12th of October, so maybe that was why... It was called that, but they, <laughs> they the actual event part that everyone did for it happened in September. <laughs> they wanted to be absolutely yeah. wasted. <laughs> like a whole month prior. <laughs> I guess you can have festivities leading up to it. Maybe it was like just the um, stag do got a bit out of hand. They found themselves in Germany somehow. They didn't start there. They just ended up in Germany. And then we're like, oh, it's oh yeah, it wasn't a there. German king. <laughs> Some <laughs> <He's>, random king. <laughs> he married into it as part of his drunken yeah, night. Completely. <laughs> just like, yeah, guys, I got, I got some news. <laughs> got wasted and now I'm a king. Um, I was trying to think of some sort of verb that would end in king. There's probably loads, but... Kingly? Kingly. Well, that's, that doesn't end in king. No, was, it doesn't end in. I was oh. drinking. Oh, no, wait. I guess, <laughs> that's I'm a verb. Drinking. <laughs> I guess originally the October Fest did take place in October, but then they decided to move to September because it was warmer. <laughs> that's oh, what great. it comes down to. <laughs> like some number of years later, after they'd been doing this tradition for a while, they were like, why don't we just move this to September where it's nicer? <laughs> I hope the king was dead at that point, so he didn't. Like, but it's supposed to be about my anniversary. No, it looks like you it guys. was only like. I mean, Ten years later that they moved it to September. <laughs> I mean, like for most, you know, celebrations, you could probably move it without anyone noticing too much. But when it's literally called Oktoberfest, that's a bit awkward. Yeah, yeah they kind of screwed themselves. Should have renamed it Late Septemberfest. <laughs> Septemberfest. Still war- warm enough to wear this stuff outside. Fest. Yes, this later hosen still works. Well, it's not exactly winter wear, but maybe in Germany it's not actually quite so cold. Well, depends where you are in Germany. Yeah, but again, Bavaria it's probably pretty cold. That's down the south, right? Isn't it? Uh, ish, yeah. Would south be colder? That would be warmer. Well, but you could be in the hills. Yeah, you think. get the mountains yeah. and the forest yeah. and that. Yeah, sort of mid south okay. bit of Germany. I don't really know the geography of Germany very well compared to like France and Belgium and. Mm. Neither do, I, neither do I really, and I've been to Bavaria. That's <laughs> <laughs> where my cousin got married. Shout out. Because it goes yeah, down as far as the Alps, <laughs> right? Because I know where the Alps are and everything, where it interfaces with Italy and there's Switzerland and everything there. But are they, do those mountains like German Alps, or are they part of a different range? Yeah, they're probably Alps. Yeah, okay. Das Alps. <laughs> das Alps. That's how you know they're German. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's if if anything, that's the entire principle on which Lichtspear is based. Yes. <laughs> What's that? It's a video game. Oh, 
This might that. be a podcast about video games. This might be a podcast about video games and not news, because there isn't any news. <laughs> well, there's some, but not all that interesting news. Should we get into it? Have you got some raw random to be <laughs> talking about other than Bavaria? Oh, I don't know, really. Uh, what's what's happened in the last two weeks? Uh, I mean... I missed the last one. I, I'm having a problem where I can't remember what was in the last podcast. Not much, really. Uh, in that case, either. Uh, like some time has passed, and my brain hasn't passed the passing of time. Well, that's a clear signal that there hasn't been any news because it's like <laughs> sometimes important news erases news out of your brain. Mm. Sometimes there just isn't any news, and you don't get anything. <laughs> just like, <laughs> no memories at all. Dear dear listener, you got nothing. Yeah, I don't know what's been going on in life in general. I suppose I. Did I talk about I went to Amsterdam for a day, which is a long old day? You did briefly mention that. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is so your that... post run situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I went to, <laughs> yeah, I did a 10 mile run and then went to Amsterdam the next day. That was oh, it. Yeah, blimey, that's, a that's yeah. intense. Yeah. But yeah, that was tiring. Yeah, no, you're right. I did cover that last time. That was a while ago now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally two weeks ago. Yeah. In fact. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So nothing's happened since then. No. As it turns out. Did I talk about gliding? I went gliding. You. you... Previously had mentioned that that got cancelled due to wind. Yeah. So that did actually happen now. I, I think wind glowed. would be helpful for the whole glodding. <laughs> glodding. <laughs> you, you need thermals. Yeah, you need, you need thermals. That's the thing. You need to find the seagulls. When were, you... Out in thermals. when were you glidding over the sky? On a Friday afternoon. Over, through the sky. When it was relatively sunny. And it was mostly cloudless, which apparently is also a problem. It's like, like gliding, it seems that there's like the ideal conditions are really, really specific. Like it needs to be quite a hot day, but with cloud cover, but not too much cloud cover. Because if you haven't got cloud cover, then you find it's harder to find thermals because you can't see them hmm. to the experienced eye. And yeah, as it turns out, we were kind of rubbish at finding thermals. So hmm. it wasn't a, 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 a super long flight. Can you not? But, you'd think you'd be able to predict, I don't know, where they are using some kind of weather data or app or something. Well, it, well the problem is not. that the pockets are really quite small, right? Mm. That's, the, that's kind of the thing. They, they, they lift off the ground in tiny mm. little pockets to the point where there's a variometer, I think they call it, in the, um, uh, in the cockpit where you can see the change of air pressure. Mm. And they use that as an indication of like, oh, if it suddenly jumps up, then it's like, oh, I must be in a thermal. Um, and they've got this little device that's like, that's, it's quite video gamey actually, because it makes a noise when it, when it changes. Because so, it will go like, when, it, when it's like mostly level or like normal descent, it's silent. But if it changes, so, so the pressure goes up suddenly, it'll go, as if to be like, happy thermal time. <laughs> oh, cool. And then when you go out of it, they'll go, <laughs> it's like, oh. beep, 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 bop, bop, bop. Beep, beep, yeah, like, hopefully not crashing, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> not like the buggy boy sound effect. Beep, 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 beep. Did you have fun then? Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm going to try and, cause, uh, I'm going to try and go back and do it because I get a bit of membership time with the. Oh, good. As part of the package I've got, but it's like it'll be an expensive hobby to get into, and it's, it's hard mm. to justify at the moment. Mm, um, fair enough. But, um, but at least while I've got the membership, I could go up a couple more times for relatively less cost. And it's like I don't know. It's it's it's, it's fun. Like I got to do some 
I got a little bit of stick time just to do like attitude training effectively. It's like here's how to pitch effectively right. up and down, and here's what you're supposed is is the effectively the three positions you need to worry about. Um, and it's it's odd because it's like a like this is a two seater obviously. So there's no way in hell I could fly that on my own right now. But the uh, it was weird when when I got demonstrated how to do that. So the stick moved like very little. There was like like tiny little adjustments, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. I can replicate that. So when I tried to do it myself, like I couldn't. I moved it a tiny little amount, and nothing happened. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, just move the stick back. And I'm like, I, I did. Hang on, let me do it a yeah. bit more. So I pulled it a bit more, and still not a lot happened. And I pulled it a bit more again, and then it goes what? <laughs> and wow. so it just gets suddenly it's catches up, up. Uh, and it's um, uh, it's it's. I think it's to do with just what what the air is like around you, like mm. the amount of um, the, what the way the stick acts can change depending on what you're in so there were times where it was yeah it just seems to be a bit snatchy i suppose because you're moving the control surface immediately presumably but yeah it yeah. just depends it's, on what's going on with the the air yeah the air around it because you can you can feel it a lot i don't know maybe it's just because you're in such a light aircraft but you can you can feel like it's it's a little bit dis disconcerting at first because you know there are there are pockets of low pressure as well as high pressure and of course right. when you get when you go into a pocket of low pressure you suddenly lose a chunk of lift mm. and so it's uh so you get that sort of like sudden sink dropping and, feeling like, and, and you're just boom yeah. and it's like okay and it's like even though it's kind of normal it's like that, that's going to take some getting used to mm. and it's uh yeah it's stuff, especially when you're getting towed so i got an aero tow up to a few thousand feet and it's um yeah, that's when it's worse because you're, you're literally getting dragged way faster than the glider would normally travel by a, by a little plane, and it's like so you're feeling all of it a lot. Mm. And uh, obviously, I wasn't doing rudder control myself, but the um, uh, the, the nice lady we were flying with me was uh, clearly having to work hard at those rudder pedals. Anyway, it's re- it's really cool. Like left me buzzing when I came back down, and it's like it's a shame it was so short because of the. Um, shortened because of uh, conditions and lack of decent thermals. But how long was your flight then, or how does it work uh, at the end? When I you... don't know. I didn't actually time it, but it's, it was supposed to be longer, so they say. But... Right. Do they just go? Okay, we're almost out of altitude. Make sure that we're heading yeah. Back you get you, the right you get place. you get to a certain yeah. You get to a certain height, and it's like oh, I've got to line up the landing now. Mm. Um, and then you just sort of dive into it. <laughs> I think I think you're not allowed technically to be at a certain there's a certain zone like above ground level where you're not really supposed to be. So it's like you could be above it, or you can be on the ground, but you can't be in this sort of middle area, right? Unless you're on the field. Yeah, yeah, like yeah coming unless, in. Unless, unless you're coming in or going out. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, you're running out of year really for it as well. So it's yeah. like kind of kind of unfortunate season. So yeah, might have to do like even quicker flights. Like where they have a they have a winch system, which sounds like scary actually. Like where they like fling the craft into the air, right? And then, and then you have a ridiculously steep climb, and then like a roller coaster, yeah, like lift thing. Kind of. How does that? Yeah, even but work? it's like, but it's not even a winch yeah. in the sky. It literally no. is like a just flinging you along the ground. And then you use, just use the raw speed to get to just, you up. To, yeah, to gain like a thousand feet really it's quickly. Not as much as you can get from the aeroplane. Oh no, no, no! You can, you can get about a thousand feet up a winch. Right. Whereas the aero tow, they'll happily take you up to about three thousand on a good day. 
cool. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I might investigate doing more of it. It'll be role control next. You know, the fun stuff. You're just doing pitch, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I was just doing pitch, but oh, attitude. Um, and yeah, it'll be, it'll be a bit of role, supposed to do next, because I've got like a little training card. <laughs> cool. I passed my first lesson. It's, 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 yeah, it seems kind of nice. That's gloating. Gloating, gilding, gloating. Well, I was, in the sky. I was up on the coast of North Norfolk for a week. Nah, nah. That's nice. Went and saw some seals. Oh, uh, you actually they... managed to get to Blakeney Point. Yeah, Blakeney Point. Have you been there? We tried, but we mm. the tides weren't. Uh, the right. tide times didn't work in our favour. No, they're quite extreme. Like it, yeah. when the tide goes out, this massive harbour is, you know, dried up, and then it becomes yeah. huge. Um, so it's really extreme with the tides. But yeah, Blakeney Point. We, we we sort of thought about walking the long way around, and then realised how long it actually took. Yeah, like about an hour and a half in, we were like, okay, we're basically nowhere near. <laughs> yeah, it's quite far. Yeah, um, and they're like seal tours, guaranteed. You're going to see some seals. We were like, okay, well. Maybe there'll be one or two, but there's tons of them, of course. Mm. Yeah. So you're pretty, you are pretty much guaranteed loads of harbor seals that are just there all year round. Well, not all year round, but they don't leave the harbor really. They just hang out there. Mm. So guaranteed to be there. And a few of the common ones, the bigger ones that go out to sea and stuff. But apparently there's tons of those in the winter when they come in, you know, to do, to breed and stuff. Mm. So well, that's kind of cool. No, I couldn't really smell them from okay, you from weren't the boat, that close. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, pretty close. Hmm. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah, uh, it's a bit of a shame because we probably should have done a tour, but it was just to say the the timings for when we had to actually yeah. get there and leave were kind of awkward. Yeah, it's a awkward. Awkward. we had to go actually then get to the hotel and stuff like hmm. that. It was just like, yeah, I've never really oh. been up there before. It's 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 kind of cool that all of the sort of flint houses and stuff. Some nice villages. Sure, yeah. Yeah, because we wandered to, is it, I don't know, the, the ta- was the town Blakeney itself? Like you could yeah, there's a little town there, yeah. Wander like a half hour down, oh, I'm trying to work out which way, half hour east, I think, eastwards, and then there's a little town out that way. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a duck enclosure, like a wildlife duck bit, and it's like, oh, I'm just going to hang out, watch, watch some fat-ass ducks for a while. Yeah, that's near where we were, I think. Yeah. Salt House or something. Um, and then uh, Sheringham and Cromer, a bit further along. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and Cromer as well. That's kind of a hole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just like seaside place. I preferred yeah, Wells. That was better. Okay. Um, that was the other way. Uh, they And for some reason, we like walked a whole bunch of alpacas around the town, which was really weird. Oh, it's just a, okay. just a bloke with a ton of alpacas. I guess they need to get out. I guess. But it's not like we were walking around his land or something. It was just literally through like housing estates and stuff. It's really weird. Is it like some kind of like, hey, you can pay to ride one of these as I'm randomly walking by? Or well, you couldn't ride them. I don't. They. I don't think they take kindly <laughs> to that. But they. <laughs> 
I mean, you could walk them along in a line and uh, lead them on along, and like they ate, they were eating the grass and pretty much everything. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. You got daffodils. We're having them. Yes, that's yeah. what that's pretty bad. Yeah. Well, he walks them through town to just avoid having to pay food for them. You just eat whatever yeah. the hell you go fast. Exactly. The poor townsfolk and all their lovely daffodils all getting eaten up by random alpacas. Or picking up stray chips that have been dropped before the seagulls get <laughs> Probably. So that was random. That's quite random. Didn't see I'm any quite... of that while I was there. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite weird. We played a whole lot of board games. Yay, that's the proper way to do it. Yeah. What, don't go outside? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it did rain a little bit, so we had a good excuse to play board games and Jackbox, Party Pack, of course. Yeah. Video games. What do you actually play? Go on, tell us. Like, non-video games, start with those. Mm. I probably can't remember the names of all the games that I played. Um, Highlights. There was like a cryptid, which was like trying to work out where the cryptid animal was on a grid by using each other, trying to deduce each other's clues to the location, which was kind of cool. Um, Slightly more hardcore Cluedo. Yeah, we played a, a whole, not really a board game, but we played what was basically an escape room in a box, which was kind of cool. Oh, right. Yeah, but where, where like you use it up, like you can only play it once because you have to like cut up the bits of card and stuff to figure it out. Oh, interesting, right. Yeah, and there were some kind of cool mechanics in there. Uh, I won't say which one it was, but there was a, um, uh, there was a, a card that turned out to be a scratch card when I looked at it. Long enough. Oh, like you <laughs> were just like, like wait, is that that silver stuff? Yeah, something like that. It was black exactly. actually, so it's quite hard to see. But it was uh, cool. Interesting. That was kind of good. Yeah, uh, kind of neat. What else? Kind of Isle of Sky. Really. That was quite good. I think you'd like that if you haven't played it. Rob, it's like Carcassonne, Sonne, or yeah. whatever. Uh, that was quite good. All right, uh, coming interesting. Tried to play Battlestar Galactica, but I was the Cylon. I didn't know what I was doing, and <laughs> so that was. Did, I think that one is heavily dependent on h- how it's dealt. You know, it's kind of mm. luck, um, which and being quite a long game, it's not really ideal. Uh, but it was kind of cool. I liked the theming of it. It was definitely in keeping with the show. It was cool. Uh, yeah, played Terraforming Mars on the last night. That was quite a long-winded one. That was kind of good. Mm. Um, tons there's um i played a a a version of azul which is the one with the stained glass windows but it wasn't the classic one Uh, i was saying that the classic one is probably a bit better so i need to try that uh oh um i played a version of like power grid that was set in kind of it's like bc so like grow your tribe of cavemen type thing <laughs> so, that with common okay. with mechanics in common with power grid so that was kind of cool oh, i'm not man. really familiar with either of those what's power grid oh uh, well that one's like building a factory type thing but it had just mm. had the similar kind of mechanics and how you put things together i can remember because they they were people i was playing with were well, they had all these games and they were kind of could categorize them into, okay, this is an economic one and this is a hidden role type game and could, you know, okay. could see all the parallels between them. But I'm a bit of a novice to video game, uh, board games. So I uh, wasn't so sure. Um, but I was sort of sampling all of them. So I was kind of mm. 
trying to get an had idea a, of what had a smorgasbord. Like. Yeah, it was a smorgasbord. Smorgasbord of board. So it was with uh, with Ben Parbury. He was very nice. He used to work for. I don't know if you know him. He was at Southampton, but he worked for Free Radical Crytek. Oh, you've told us about this guy. Yes. Yeah, yes, and yes, then yes. now Microsoft or Rare or whatever. Um, and um, the driver tar guy. <laughs> no, 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 not the driver. No, not the driver tar guy. The driver tar guy is like a, a um, professor. You know, he was a or whatever researcher in uh, machine learning. Mm. Uh, but I haven't talked to him since uh, I was at Feature Space. Um, uh, but nah, it's just a video game developer. Ben, it's really nice, and so some of his friends Just were also <laughs> were also <laughs> video game. Them all under the bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, that no wonder they were into board games sure. to the point where they were into potentially making their own board games and kickstarting them and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool. We'll follow their progress with those. Noise. I would shout it out if I could remember exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, updates to come. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Cool. Noise. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like fun. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not up on my board games particularly either. Like I, I enjoy them, but it's like there's a certain there's a certain setup factor that often just gets in the way of them. Yeah, like, that's like, the thing. Yeah, you you, you need to up. have the right the right occasion, the right moment, the right willing participants, which is actually half the problem. Yeah, um, that's where we were lucky because there were enough people into it to do mm-hmm. it and patient enough to listen to the rules and people who'd already yeah, yeah. played the games and knew how to explain the rules without having to spend half an hour reading the booklet and then explaining it to everyone. Sure. Well, sometimes that's fun as well. Like, Yeah, know, it can be. When... when uh, my Cambridge crew and I, we tried, when we were trying to figure out this uh, asymmetric game called Root, where everyone has different roles in the woodland, and it's uh, but it, but all of them play so wi- all of the different factions play so wildly different from each other, and they all interact in weird ways mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, you need to you need to know your game here. You, you can you can basically get by by only needing to know your faction, but then you're not really sure. You you kind of miss out on when the other team might be winning. If you see what I mean, it's like one of them could suddenly rock, suddenly walk the walk their way to victory and just be like, "Oh no, we just got we just got owned and we didn't realize it." One of those, yeah. But I kind of enjoy that process of like trying to figure out how exactly it works, and it's like, okay, what do I need to do here? Well, like, what's yeah, it's cool. It's just um, it's a bit fatiguing if you're doing it like five times a day. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, but yeah, it's good. Can't we play Uno? <laughs> Uno. <laughs> I've got the Trogdor board game for us to play, <laughs> by the way. I kind of missed both of your sentences there. You talked about like, who, who wants to go first? Something about Uno that's active? Oh, I'm going to be right. Here. <laughs> oh, he said. <laughs> misheard my sentence. I misheard everything. Implied his own sentence into my sentence. I've misheard everything. Do continue, one of you. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. I just said I've got the Trogdor board game for us to play. There's a Trogdor board yeah, game? Yeah, with like amazing little uh, figurines and everything. All done Trogdor! Homestar, Homestar style. Yeah. So uh, I'll have to, because I didn't bring that. So uh, I'll have to bring that home for Christmas and we can play it. Man, I didn't know that existed. That's cool. Yeah, it's quite. It's new. So, well, that's basically the only thing they've been uploading on their YouTube channel. Yeah, it's all they've been <laughs> it's doing. It's pretty much just advertisements for that. Huh. 
I, I hope there is plenty of burner nations. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. And peasants. Thatcher's cottages? Mm. Lots of Thatcher's cottages? Yeah, plenty of Thatcher's cottages. Excellent. For burner nation. I think the game ends when you burninate all the factories co- cottages. <laughs> okay. Thatched roof cottages. Has it got squeedly and tweedly? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Clearly the, um, one of the greatest Guitar Hero levels. Mm. I forgot that was in Guitar Hero. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's quite a weird crossover. Yeah, it was probably good. It was a good, fun little track. Not like 10 minutes long, like some of them. <laughs> Everyone loves an epic track that suddenly ends in an impossibly hard bit, so you have to do the whole thing again. Uh, yeah. yeah. We had a lot more patience back then, I swear. Yeah, definitely. I certainly did. So, video games. Unless you've got any... Film news. Mm. Seen anything lately? I saw Ad Astra. So did I. What did you think? Eh. It was rubbish. Oh, you thought it was actually straight up rubbish? Okay. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I thought I was, it was I bad. I wasn't going to go that far, but it, like I, I sort of... It was one of those films where it felt like it was just like actively working against me and what I like to watch. You know what I mean? I like a bit of fun, a little bit of something. Like, this felt like, oh, this is very... This is trying my Oscar bait patience. Well, it's being very serious, my... but with nothing behind it or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was so cold and so nothing. There was nothing to hook onto. And it's no. just like, you're just a, you're just an idiot dude in an yeah. idiot world. Like, there's no, there's no, there's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. What a weird thing that was. I didn't understand because I, I wasn't sure from the trailer. And then like, there's some like really strong reviews. Like the Guardian yeah. gave it five stars, and it's like, what are you talking I yeah. about? I just yeah. don't understand. It's and like, I was like, some okay. shots. That... Don't get me wrong. There's some shots and some visuals that are well done. Like sure. the, um, the moon sequence, I thought was actually pretty cool. Oh, when but... <laughs> when there's like moon pirates, like yeah, moon pirates. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was kind of fun. The bet it was best when it's when it got slightly stupid in places. Yeah, like the, my my fa- I mean, okay, so. Stupid moon pilot pirates. That was fun. Stupid monkey thing. That was fun. And um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I know it was totally pointless and had no bearing on the story at all. But it was stupid, so mm. it was a fun moment. And and like also the ridiculous fight when the rocket's taking off from Mars, where he pulls like a knife out or something. That was stupid. Yeah, it's and just like every... fun. That's what I mean. Everyone in that film is an idiot. Yeah, like pretty much everyone in that film is some level of idiot. Definitely, and it's just like that's, and that is so frustrating to me. In fact, the only one that made it, the only one character that made any sense was the girl on Mars. Yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't know her name, but so, you know the actress or anything. Which I know she yeah. played Rainer in Agents of Shield, mm. um, but uh, I don't think I'd seen her since. But it's like, yeah, she might have been the only sensible character in that whole thing, or maybe Brad Pitt's wife. That might, but she might have been a sensible character as it turns out. Tyler, who didn't really do anything. <laughs> No. Oh, we had like but, ten although, seconds although on Mars of like the girl from Orange Is the New Back, Black, and it's like, oh, I oh remember, yeah, yeah, I remember when there's like, I've been, I wish I was watching that. <laughs> That's what I thought when I saw her. 
Liv Tyler just had to be there for the accidental Armageddon references, right? It's yeah, just... surely. <laughs> That's the only reason she was in this. Oh, so, so, yeah, weird. what a weird thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the idea of doing Heart of Darkness in space. Like, that makes sense. Like, Apocalypse Now or whatever, where Colonel Kurtz has gone mad and he's gone out to the edge of space and what's he seen out there and... You know, and he's turned he's threatening and everyone. Yeah, yeah, and you've got to go and find out or but your secret mission is to kill him or whatever. Um that could work, but I just did it in the dullest way and not mm. intriguing at all. And then yeah. And then Tommy Lee Jones's character is just like meh. <laughs> it's just so cliche as well. Yeah. Like by the time you get there, it's like, oh, you know this is gonna go bad in this very precise way. Like, I theoretically like space stuff. Definitely. But like I didn't really like Interstellar, but this made Interstellar look oh, really it, good in comparison. It, well, yeah, and, and, and I, I like Interstellar. Yeah, yeah, it's dumb in many ways and possibly too long, but much better than this. Yeah. You've got you've got a hook. You've got yeah. something you can get get behind. Yeah. And you know, we were in the middle of the Matthew McConaissance at that point. So was... Yeah. Well, that was the thing with Brad Pitt in this, is like I'd just seen him in, in the uh, Tarantino film, and he was really, really good in that. And he's a great mm. actor, and it just shows, you know, the script was garbage. Yeah, and, that's what I mean. I don't, I don't think any of the performances in Air Destra were bad. It's just like it's they were working with what they got, and what they yeah. got was not a lot. It's just pretentious, still. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway For so. The sake of it. Don't recommend that one. I don't know why it's getting good reviews. It's mysterious. Mm. Uh, but anyway, yeah, people will look back and be like, what the hell were we thinking? You can avoid it. You can avoid it. Quite yeah, happily. avoid that one. Still, it's, we, there's a palate cleanser. You can look forward to Zombie Land 2. Oh, yeah. That's out in like a week. Yeah, I saw a poster for that. Or, yeah, a week and a bit. Ten days. Maybe. I haven't seen yeah, Zombie double, Land for a long double time. Double tap. Looks good. Have I mean, you seen their Zombieland... trailer for it with like the tongue in cheek sort of like including Academy Award nominee Woody Harrelson, Academy Award nominee, no 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 Emma Stone, then, Academy right? Award winner Emma Stone, yeah, and, and, like in Zombieland, <laughs> in Zombieland, yeah, exactly. No, I haven't, but I'll check that out. Yeah, I mean the first film had Bill Murray in it, didn't it? Mm-hmm. I wonder what zombie as, as the surprise cameo. Yeah. yeah, I wonder what they'll Probably have as the cameo this time. Yeah, there has to be, right? Yeah, there's got to be someone. But how do you top that? <laughs> find a way. Bill Murray. <laughs> that was so good. Especially because they accidentally murdered him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a good film. The first one was good. It's kind of like, like that sequelitis problem, right? Where it's been so long, mm. actually, since the first one. A bit of me sitting there going, it was kind of a nice encapsulated story. Yeah, I guess. But like, it's not like it's a Sometimes perfect it thing work. that shouldn't be ruined. Like, it's just... It's, no, no. It's, it's not it's, bad it's, form. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely not an important film in the no. landscape. Of, but it's like, you could do it, but it's like, I don't know. I, I'm always I'm a bit more skeptical these days than I used to be, and a little, mm. I suppose a little more precious in that regard because it's like, don't, don't, please don't ruin my opinion of the first film somehow. Mm. Like, because it does it does happen. I don't know I don't, I don't know why, but if like the follow ups are bad, sometimes that puts a 
bad taste in your mouth for the ones you previously enjoyed. Sometimes. When has that happened to you recently, do you think? Or recently? Or I don't know. Or over the past? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's... I think it's odd going back, sometimes odd going back to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films after Sam, Spider-Man 3 happened, right? Yeah, that's true. I think, it, I think it's odd, some, even as much as I love that, especially the first one, as much as I love that film, it's like there's a certain element of like, yeah, but the, that Venom sequence. <laughs> yeah, I know, you're right. And I the like Sandman. the second one as well, but the third one, yeah, really colours it. It's true, it does, because it's kind of the madness that was always present in a way. yeah. Like... It's 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 don't get me wrong. I, I like I can I could watch Spider Man three quite happily, and it's like, mm. but it's but it's clearly the black sheep of the three. Yeah, it's... for sure. And yeah, not their finest works. And then I think yeah. you haven't seen, but Game of Thrones, like it, it does go a little bit off the rails in the at the end, or at least everyone. That's the way everyone felt. But like it does it so it transitions so kind of quite slowly, you know. So you you kind of forget what the early seasons mm. were like in that way or that they that there was a point where, where it was top of its game and you kind of it kind I, of loses it but when it happens it happens more gradually in tv shows like mm. even in the like the wire the last season isn't as good isn't as good um and it's sort of a gradual transition so it's like you know it, it can like affect without you noticing you're like oh yeah this used to be really really good <laughs> you know yeah yeah I'm just trying to think. Like, I wonder. I, th- I think, uh, like, maybe I might have be having that effect right now with the Star Wars films. Oh, definitely, well, Last Jedi. I saw how I knew that was Awakens. Coming. I mean, that's. Yeah. All, I mean, because it I, colors it. Because it's like because you know where. If I went back, you and know watched, that Snakes was totally yeah. pointless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would go back yeah, and watch yeah. Force Awakens and be like everything that I like. Well, not everything, but like significant elements of Force Awakens that were cool. Yeah, are made less cool by where it went. Yeah, it's true. You know, cast, Captain Phasma is always going to be useless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's true. But, but that's a that's a different case, I think, because that's clearly you know you were going to be getting into a trilogy, right? And yeah, you did. But like, then they did this weird thing with the second film that seemed to almost weirdly wrap everything up in a bad way. <laughs> Just undid stuff that yeah. was set up in the first film. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I, I have no. Is that this year? Expect- yeah, it's really yeah. it's coming very soon. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's the, forgotten about it, kind of. Yeah, it's like, like it's, oh shit, <laughs> it's weirdly under the radar for Star when, Wars. When are they going to turn on the hype machine? Probably right, <laughs> right, a month. Yeah, before, they're going to leave it like till like November. Like, yeah, yeah, because uh, the Mandalorian is, you know, starting because Disney Plus is starting soon. Oh I think. right, yeah, I forgot so, about that as well. And that might actually be good. I mean, but it's yeah. hard to tell. But I mean, it's got Werner Herzog, so <laughs> 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 I mean, that's automatically good in my book. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm vaguely interested. Well, vaguely, I am interested in Mandalorian. I want to know what that. Yeah, how how well that goes. My brother thinks it's cynical to um, Stephen. He thinks it's cynical to use uh, that. It's like too obvious to be like it like you know when you can like see the meeting where they're like well everyone likes boba fett but he doesn't really have a character but he has that cool armor but like ah but in the canon like everyone from mandalore he has the cool armor so we can just have boba fett but we can just make him a different character and yeah like and he thinks that's like cynical but i think it's fine like yeah because you could sell it and be like oh it's that boba fett show and it's like yeah "Yeah, not really but but all right yeah 
but I don't know. I think it's fine. I mean, yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? We've we've sort of been a little bereft of good spin-offs since they've recanonized everything. Were like, we, no... were we in good spin-offs before that though? Okay, the word "good" might be questionable there. <laughs> well, actually, apparently, like for kids and stuff, it's not been. It's been pretty good. Like because we had like. Wars? Clone, we had the original Clone Wars cartoons when we were kids or whatever. Oh, the Samurai Jack yeah. Clone Wars stuff. Yeah. You mean? But the, yeah, like, that stuff is badass. But the Disney stuff has been, what's it? What was it called? Not Resistance, the one, but Rebels. So there was Rebels. Which oh, was right. Yeah. Called, as a kid's show, is quite, quite good, apparently. And now there's they've replaced it with Resistance, which is set because Rebels was set before Star Wars, I think. Yes. Or yes. Because it has um it has Grand Moff Tarkin in it. Tarkin's a baddie in it. Oh okay. Uh, so it's set during so, the So before episode four, you mean? Yeah, before episode four. Before the film yeah. called Star Wars. Right. Sorry, I called it Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> New Hope, before it? New Hope, yeah. Okay, fine. It's episode uh, four. And then Resistance is set in this big grey period between Jedi and Force Awakens, right? I think. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think, yeah, it, they've sort of curated it quite well, I think, for kids and stuff. Um, when but is, yeah, The Mandalorian when is, is the first time they're doing a, the, an adult TV show. When is Jedi Fallen Order set? But it's one of those between, yeah, again, is it, is, it bet- is it like after six but before seven? No. Is it in the Resistance gap? I think it's before Star Wars, isn't it? Um, sorry, A New Hope, isn't it? Is it? Okay. I think so. It's and, yeah, I think oh, that must be right. around the same yeah, time as the, Rebels. Yeah. Yeah, you, I think you might be right actually, yeah. Because they're yeah. still sort of very much a uh, hiding yeah. breed, the yeah. Jedi. Exactly. Uh as opposed to there being none left. <laughs> but yeah, who knows what's gonna happen with Buddy. I mean, now there's quite a few press shots and stuff for what what's it even called? Rise of Skywalker. Like great. Oh she's a Skywalker all along or something or whatever. Or or Luke's coming back as a force ghost, obviously. Yep. All the all force this, ghosts. All this stuff. And they're gonna fight on the on the remains of the second Death Star that's crashed onto Endor or something in, in the sea or some bullshit. You know what? I've been totally ignorant up to this moment. I had no idea it was called Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And now I'm and now I'm so less hype suddenly. <laughs> Even less just hype. Having, just having you say that has just been yeah. like, oh God, really? I mean, maybe there'll be something clever. I mean, the stupidest thing was the end of the teaser trailer has the laughter of the Emperor. And it's like, yeah. come on. We already discussed this previously. Yeah. If you yeah. can even remember that conversation where that was so long yeah. ago. I do remember that. I mean, yeah. I'll go and see it. Team Force Ghost Incoming. I just don't want to feel. I just don't want to be sitting in the same cinema feeling like embarrassed, which is how I felt watching Last <laughs> Jedi, being like, "Oh no, this is embarrassing." It it actually happened in in Rogue One actually during the briefing scene. Something about the dialogue. I was like sitting there thinking, "This is embarrassing." <laughs> oh no, I enjoy, I enjoyed Rogue One. I know you guys are a bit less up on it, but I I, mm. I quite quite enjoyed myself with that. Well, I liked the different tone that it was whenever you have to like normal Star Wars cheese. Whenever yeah, you cool. have some character who has to suddenly have a speech during a briefing, that's automatically embarrassing. Because like, yeah. no one ever does that good. Yeah, yeah people want to do speeches good, but they don't. Yeah, That's why there isn't a scene like that in Star Wars. Well, proper Star Wars. Is there? I mean, no. 
No, they they the couple of times where there there might have been a scene like that, they kind of show the end of a speech where everyone's right, just yeah. breaking up afterwards. Everyone's going whoa. <laughs> I mean, Mon Mothma gives a little <laughs> speech, but that's her only part in the whole thing, right? And that's fine. Um, I don't know. That I I really like the little scene in uh, Empire where Leia is briefing the pilots on on how to you know escape off escape the base or whatever she yeah. like she does all the exposition dump and then just, just says good luck or whatever but it works really really well it's not like a speech like a rare a, a raring speech it's just they're, they're just being practical and being like well how the hell are we going to get out of here when there's all those star destroyers and she's like well we use the iron cannon will get them out of the way for you so don't worry about that yeah not really a speech just no, a briefing just a briefing <laughs> and that's what you need not like standing up being like, you're rebels, aren't you? What, we're supposed to rebel? <laughs> or something like that. There's a great Spice Girls-based pep talk in uh, The Boys, which is worth a, worth a listen. <laughs> oh, I think I remember that. Oh, have you been watching it? Uh, I did. I, I watched I'm only like halfway through, so I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm watching it very it. slowly. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't was... know, at the end of, at the end of every, every episode, I'm sort of like sitting there going... <laughs> like they're, they're, it's a little it's pretty violent, heavy in spots. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, the violence doesn't bother me. That's not what I'm worried about. It's just sort of more. There are moments of subject matter where it's just like, wow, that was handled pretty heavy, heavy-handedly. Heavy-handed. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> not very subtle, like, is it? No, not in the slightest. It's like I'm sort of enjoying it, but there there are moments where it's just like, oh boy, you're really stirring up some you some there. emotions there. Yeah. 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 Which I guess is the point. It always was the point. But I guess it's it's vaguely enjoyable. <laughs> Agreed. It was I enough. To... I, I don't know if I can recommend it to human beings that want to be good members of society. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> it's one of those. Anyway, Star Wars. We'll see how it goes. I mean, it be. I mean, Stephen has like switched off completely and doesn't care anymore. Um, Ooh. And I'm sort of, I don't know, I'll probably watch it. I, I did vaguely remember that part of my um, wedding speech where I stood up and was like, thank you for everyone for making me an expert at pretending to care about Star Wars. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you yeah, it probably, rings, it. it probably ring true, rings true now more than ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Hey, when's Picard coming out? Oh, not that long. There was another trailer for it. I think I saw the other day this weekend. Um, still not sure about it, but it I mean, does I mean, look you like know it's... I'm going to watch it. It's freaking Patrick Stewart. I'm watching it. I mean, this latest one had him going and visiting Will Riker, who's old or whatever, Sweet. in his house. So that was quite good. So Sweet. Riker's in it. It looks like yeah, Troy, Troy's in it. Uh, but it, And it looks like Seven of Nine was in another scene so because i was a bit worried that she was just going to cameo in it or whatever but right but it's all about building the crew again isn't it or well i don't know it's probably new characters for the little crew i think there's a bit of mass effect going on here i think the guys like liked how mass effect played out and been like this is a bit of loyalty mission stuff coming out yeah well that's a classic i mean that's a great structure yeah Get to know each character a little bit more by doing something that's important to them. I mean, I guess that's what Rogue One was supposed to be like. Right. You reckon? 
build it was meant to be a heist movie where it was like build your crew and then Except and the then cute, and then the do the heist. that movie just kind of accumulated exactly almost they did really well half of them just yeah, like half, oh, yeah, we, half, we're coming with you now half of them turned up for the final act right they were yeah. just like okay you guys are now important <laughs> yeah it was weird suddenly didn't really work i suppose you could argue episode eight was that as well right assemble the important characters kind of <laughs> Mm. It took Avengers like eight films to do that. So. <laughs> to assemble, yeah. <laughs> to assemble, yeah. Video games. Yeah. News. <laughs> I'm calling it. What's going on? News. Not, uh, not a huge amount. I mean, games are coming out, I guess. But uh, what do you want? What, what, what do you want to talk about? Let's go, let's go to the PlayStation State of Play. There really wasn't very much interesting there. <laughs> and therefore we don't talk about it, I guess. But uh, we've got a release date for Last of Us 2. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing. There uh, was some footage and, of that. It was looking yeah, pretty good. I, was I mean, it's looking think, beautiful, of course. I was starting yeah. to think that this was going to get held back for, for near a PS5 launch. Um, mm. uh, but they've come out and said, February, there you go. Have at yeah. It will be I out think in this February. is like end of the generation, squeezing the most out of the console type stuff. Sure, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if they pull exactly what they did with the first Last of Us game, because don't forget The Last of Us 1 was a very mm. late PS3, PS3 game. PS3 game, yeah. And then um, they uh, released the remastered edition. version like yeah. a year later. Yeah, could like well on happen. PS4. So uh, I get the feeling it's going to be that situation, which That's makes cool. me wonder, like, is it actually going to be worth going in on as, as, as kind of hype as I am about Last of Us 2? Because I it's Last of Us One is some of the best storytelling in games. It's yeah. I don't know if n- n- now knowing what I know about how they handled that game, it's like, is it going to be like, or should I just wait for a year and pick it up on PS Five? Right. You could because I'm, I don't know because I, I, I'm in in this cross platform era and with Game Pass Ultimate being p- kind of PC happy. Mm. A bit of me thinking I might side with PS Five next gen. You know. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that will definitely happen, right? I, it's just a question of how long. I mean, it might, it might be a couple of yeah. years. But then, yeah, uh, that next gen fight in my head has been raging for a while now because it's like, yeah, but I've got a pro version of the PS4, so I'm technically okay on the Sony side for a while. <laughs> and so they're not going to be releasing PS4 stuff much longer. Yeah, whereas that, my that X, does mean... X bone is getting a bit long in the tooth, and it's but like it's not, having it's not really pro... doing. The Pro PS4 does mean you'll have the best experience with Last of Us 2. Like, if you had the original PS4, maybe that's more reason to wait and play it on the PS5. Sure. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if I had a regular 1080 screen, then it wouldn't be so much of a concern, right? Like, Mm. the the Pro version does give you slightly better stuff on a 1080, but because I've got this 4K screen, it's like, yeah, the Pro version's going to be where it's at, and it's... Um, it's like, like you know, I I just lent a mate of mine the Spider-Man game, knowing full well you had, like, a... um, a regular PS4, yeah. but then I know for a fact that that game is absolutely fine on a regular PS4. It's like all you really get is a resolution bump yeah. on the Pro, and it's like as long as they play that trick well, then and Sony, and Sony like first party stuff. In fairness to them, has been very good at that. They've played that Pro game very well, and that you know regular users aren't really missing much. Hmm. If they, you know, not got the screen to display it on, then 
your your regular version is going to be absolutely fine. Sony are very good at that. It's, it's, it's the third party stuff that's a little bit more. Oh man! But then, like a month, I just remembered, like a month after that, you've got Final Fantasy VII remake. It's going to be a loaded first oh, half yeah. of next year. <laughs> well, there's oh, a yeah. of it coming out at the start of next year. Yeah, all the stuff that got bumped from this year mainly. Yeah, <laughs> to make it out before the end of the quarter. I think, given the absence of Ghost of Tsushima, that that's been bumped to PS5 as well. Because that has been so quiet since that last E3 demo. Mm. I mean, not this year's E3. That was last year's E3, and we've heard nothing from it since. So there's a, I think there's a fairly high probability that that's... I mean, that, think about it. That'd be a hell of a launch title, right? Yeah. And also, Sucker Punch have history with that they the mm. ps4 launched with what well, if it launched with it was soon afterwards but that infamous first light was a launch game for them a launch-ish game for them so you know maybe sony are like hey you've done this before you can do it again i don't know Theorize, theorizing still last of us two about damn time yeah and it would have no multiplayer which I don't care about, so that's fine too. That's okay. Yeah, I saw some of the footage of the stealth gameplay and stuff. It does look cool. It looks like, um, you know, they're, apparently they're going for more kind of gradiated stealth. So, you know, obviously they have the long grass thing, but it's not like if you're, you know, binary, like if you're in the long grass, they can't see you. And, you know, mm. it's it's like the whole environment has levels of stealth. Which makes sense, right? right? So, you're so only if you're fully... in the grass, they're less likely to see you unless they get really close. Or yeah, something, and stuff then, like then that. And they're probably going to see you. <laughs> yeah, or if you're moving or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it looked pretty dynamic and cool, but obviously not quite as cinematic as that crazy reveal mm. uh, at E3 last year. Um, I do, I do wonder or uh, worry a little bit about the gradiated or. Gradated, however you want to say it, granular yeah. stealth, I suppose, because it's like I, as a player, like I How find stealth, know? I find yeah. stealth tricky at the best of times, and it's yes. like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wired for that particularly. Um, so when yeah, when you're trying to say sort of think about like okay, they might see me here, they might not see me here, and then they, if they do see me, I'm just going to have that sort of like what? How did they? What? What's yeah. going on? What? What just happened? Kind of reaction that I hate about stealth stuff. Yeah, and they'll be like, "How did that guy just... Do- oh, right." I guess they must. They'll have to work on it, right? We'll have to see how it feels because there's no way to tell from just exactly. Watching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you 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 had that superpower in the first game that let you hear through walls, supposedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still got so, the hearing thing, but now there are like dogs that can smell you, and um, oh, when God. you go into the superpower mode, it shows your like scent trail, so you can see where where they're where gonna dogs follow you. Might follow, yeah. Uh, they sound like a bitch, like no pun intended. But partially intended. Partially intended. Honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, also, yeah, cool. there's kind of a cool thing. I guess any game could have done it with enough resources, but a kind of a cool feature that, like, when you take out guards and stuff, or when you take out enemies in stealth and then other enemies discover their bodies it's not like just man down or whatever or we've got uh, they actually have names and they actually say oh man they got tom or whatever which is kind of cool oh right that's they must have recorded quite a lot of lines to get that effect but yeah i think that could make quite a big difference to the kind of character of it because it is a bit weird isn't it in all stealth games where they're like 
oh, we've got a man down, when in actual fact, if you were had a unit patrolling a base, you'd know the guy's name. I forget, didn't they try and try that in Batman to some degree, but they didn't have names. I think they, mm. they tried to be like, hey, all units check in, and then they wouldn't... I think Spider-Man does it as well, actually, like where they say all units check in or something, and there's like a, a guy that doesn't speak, and they're like, hey, the, hey, the unit 12 or something hasn't yeah. checked in. I need to go check this. But unit 12 isn't quite as good as like... Tom! Jeff or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that's kind of cool. I know it's Steve. Oh, God, not Steve. Dover, Steve. I got Steve. <laughs> Bill. Yeah. Bill. Bill. <laughs> Bill's here. Someone <laughs> literally played Left 4 Dead on my Steve list for the first time. Because it says it records that in Steam now, not just oh, what, when you when you first play, play a game. Huh. So I saw someone who was playing Left 4 Dead 2, and I was like, "What?" And then I looked at it, like, "This is the first time they played Left 4 Dead 2." No, oh, but they won't get the bill, the pills here stuff particularly well in Left 4 Dead 2. You I mean, you can get it. If you oh play yeah, of course, Left 4 Dead they, 1 campaigns yeah, in two. I forgot they ported everything across. But you Did get, they fully but port you also every get campaign? the Left 4 Dead 2 mechanics, which aren't good. Yeah, yeah, true. Well. They're like, an improvement, but they sort of don't fit those old campaigns as well. No. Did they add the new? Yeah, the new all, the, all of types? the old. Uh, yeah. Uh, the inf- new infected, like the jockey and whatnot. Oh right, yeah. Did. Did but they about... presumably don't work with those levels that or as well. I mean, I guess they're not specifically designed, but I guess the new special infected. Maybe the spitter is kind yeah, of awkward the in the old levels because they're one. not yeah. like you don't. You're more constricted a lot of the time in the mm. first game, I feel. Mm. Yeah, it's more tight spaces, I think, in Left 4 Dead 1 and 2. I was thinking about Left 4 Dead 2 the other day, because mm. not really related to a game that I've been playing, but a game that patched on my Steam list. There was another patch for Stormworks, I haven't been playing that recently. But they, they've put in a thing that not very many games do, and Left 4 Dead 2 was probably my favourite example of it, where in Stormworks they put in radios as a like in-game thing because they the previous patch they implemented in-game voice chat mm. so now there's the in-game radios and like the voice chat is you know location specific oh, so now you right. can actually build radios into your vehicles and transmit like actual real <laughs> like actual real things yeah that's cool so if you wanted a role play that man and Left 4 Dead 2 had the the only other example of that I can think of, and also my favourite example of that, when they made it so the in-game voice chat in Left 4 Dead 2 was location-dependent, and there was that level where the, where the second half of the level, the hurricane comes in, and it distorted the voice chat so you couldn't hear each other as easily. Wow. <laughs> I suppose we never knew that because we always... No, because everyone just used regular voice yeah, chat. Yeah, everyone uses TeamSpeak or Mumble or something. Even like, back then. Man, that's cool. It's like, I, I th- was it... Matt, was it Chrome Hounds that had probably the... The coolest example I can think of of how to use of how voice chat is, like has been used, but of course could be easily circumvented by the stuff. Yeah. So it was a three sixty game, and of course you can party chat on the three sixty and just like avoid that. Come out yeah. of game mode, but like in in if you were in game chat in Chrome Hounds or something, you had to maintain the radio towers, otherwise you'd lose the ability to talk to your teammates in certain areas of the map. Mm. And it's like that's cool. That's a really Amazing mechanic that unfortunately modern tech just completely negates. Mm. Yeah, I would really love to see some some more of that. Like just, but like it's like, how do you police that? How do you solve yeah, that? You, you can't, can't really, it's... especially not on PC. Yeah, 
but it's a it's a really super cool idea. Hey, maybe we're using that, uh, you know, Nintendo Switch Online. You know, this, this is a, <laughs> you have to use the app. Yeah, I guess you do. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, never. Uh, yeah, so that was news. What else we got? Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 also has a release date on PC. On PC, very soon. Yeah, October something. As we kind of predicted that they wouldn't announce the release date until it was practically out. <laughs> yep. Oh, sorry, November 5th is the release date. October 22nd, I think, is the end of the pre-order period. And then there's a weird two-week gap where you can't buy it, and then it will come out. I mean, yeah. Well, I guess I'm looking forward to the Digital Foundry video where they put some (laughs) £10,000 PC playing it at 60 frames per second at 4K. Yeah. Well, that you know, it would be nice to see how it compares because apparently the Xbox One X version is like... Pretty, you know, native 4K and yeah. All the, as far as we know, all the effects turned on, but it's like what they're going to do with the like the PC version will clearly do that at 60, presumably. Yeah. But or more. What else could it do? Yeah. Yeah. What else have they added? Have they added anything? Does do they need to? Mm. I would question that they don't. <laughs> or posit that they don't. Sorry, not question. I guess we'll see. I mean, I guess maybe like it had quite aggressive temporal anti-aliasing, so I guess maybe you could just mm. use it. Tone that down a bit, or something like that. I still see that every now and then. Gears Five has that, and very rarely, but you can still see it in spots where it's Mm. like left some kind of frame trail Mm. on certain items. But it didn't really bother me. No, there was there was very few moments where it was super apparent. I think that's the trick with modern modern temporal anti-aliasing is it is it's very good most of the time. Yeah. Um, but um, as the frame rate in games lowers. It becomes way more obvious. Like, uh, yeah, Red Dead. The, the way you could see it, it was really obvious that it was happening. Yeah. Um, interestingly, my example on Gears Five that was running at sixty, and you could still see it. So you know, it doesn't work all the time. Um, but then, I, like, I don't know. Frostbite seems to do a really damn good job with its yeah. TAA. I don't know if I've noticed that smear effect in Battlefield One, for example. Man, I'm I'm on. I've been on the cusp of buying that new Plants vs Zombies game, <laughs> oh, yeah. even though Kipper, even though Kipper says it's bad, and it's like, I, and I've heard a few things about it. Like the community doesn't seem all that happy with it, but a bit of me's like, yeah, but it's like I missed, I skipped Garden Warfare two, and now I've got the urges real bad. Maybe mm. I should just play Garden Warfare two. I don't know, mm. but like they've changed some things in it that I'm not sure I agree with. Like the whole, like the first two games had this like sticker system where like. Okay, it was a microtransaction thing where they wanted you to sort of buy currency in order to buy sticker packs, and then the sticker packs would have a random assortment of stuff that, and if you got enough stickers that would stick together to make a character, then you'd get the character variant. Right. So it would be like, oh, hey, this is the electric version of the pea shooter or something, or the, I don't know, we, uh, yeah, was, was it the electric, the Neo pea shooter or something, which had this cool dubstep sounding shot? <laughs> that I posited might be the best sound, the best audio one year. Um, but like, they've got rid of variants and they're like basically just everything's a class now. And that so when you're playing as your class, you kind of don't have too much control over what you can change about it and stuff like that. So it's actually in some ways a step back from mm. the craziness that they used to have. But that's because they don't have the sticker system. They don't have this 
it's like the the EA are walking backwards from loot boxes so aggressively that they took away the one example of loot boxes that was actually okay. Right. Because they're like, walking back aggressively. It's just like in that one case. Yeah. That's the one place they're walking back. Everywhere else, they don't really care. They well, just continue thing, like, doing whatever they're doing. Like the first Garden Warfare game, the system worked really great because there's no risk of dupes. Like you would never get a duplicate sticker for the variants. You might not get them, and you might get the consumable cards, which like were, um, um, you know, when you when you found a flower pot on the level, you'd put down one of the other plants from Plants vs Zombies in order to like you know as as a, like, a stationary thing, which is kind of cool. It's like there you go. There's your throwback to actual Plants vs Zombies. You can put things in plant pots and have them do stuff. Um, but they were consumables that you had to spend your currency to earn. Um, and it's, uh, but that was fine. That was absolutely fine. I've got, I've got absolutely no complaints with that at all. You earned enough currency that I never felt that you know there was a pay-to-win um, mentality. You could buy currency to get the stickers if you wanted faster, but that to me was a carrot on the stick. I loved it. Um, yeah, they're sort of doing away with all of that, <laughs> and it's like that's not so good. And Kipper's reported that the maps aren't so hot now, and it's like, well, they've added a lot since I think Kipper's played it, but um, and the community just said it. Like, I read a lot of forum posts about it and stuff like that, and they even the hardest of the hardcore Garden Warfare fans seem to say it feels off, <laughs> like in kind of un indescribable, indescribable ways. Like, there's something about it that doesn't feel like the last few games the last couple of games and it's like yeah, none of this is really adding up to a great picture but my brain is still going yeah but that's sunflower though <laughs> that's sunflower though <laughs> it's so happy to shoot machine guns fire at your face from its face it's all about face <laughs> that's why Rob likes plants <laughs> and zombies because they're mostly about face it's all about face <laughs> It's got a good face game. <laughs> that reminded me of some other, I guess, news. They've finally made another news post about the Rocket League blueprints thing that are going to replace crates. Oh, right. Crates. Yeah, what's, what's, what's going on with that? The well, blueprints? Yeah, that's what they call it. Mm. It's pretty much exactly what they initially said. It's just going to be like crates, apart from you can see what it is, and then you pay to create them. So, and apparently, all the crates that you currently have are going to just convert into blueprints. Oh, okay. So the the blueprints effectively are the item. Yeah, it's a blueprint for, for the, the item, item. And, and then you, you can... just pay to make it the actual item. Okay. Well, that's. So, how does that work with things like the cryptos? But I don't think they've said anything about the cryptos yet. Although they've so said, could, that... I, could I decrypt a blueprint? Because they've said that the keys are going to convert into a currency, which will be what you use to make the blueprints. So mm-hmm. there's, go- there's no longer going to be keys. There's just going to be a currency, which Ooh, you know, keys on. effectively were a currency anyway. So yeah, that's that, not that's, really a change. But that's got me worried. Does that mean they're going to apply different values to different items? Well, that's what we said they had to do, though, because otherwise you can't have rarity. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if I like that. Because that's effectively, I mean, that's effectively how the whole key trading system worked anyway. I mean, the rarity is. Because that's how it worked in TF2, wasn't it? I mean, you can still have rarity, but it's still, it's whether or not you get the blueprint, not how much you have to spend to unlock it. 
Like, you still have to acquire the blueprint, right? Sure, but, like, that's... Well, I guess the the question then becomes whether what drop rates are like. But you're just, like, I, the rarity of the blueprint is a, creates a desirability that makes you more likely to spend money on a key. It's like, I don't know, they, they don't need to add... Like, the, oh, this, yeah, but it's not... The word currency there really, really worries yeah, me. Yeah, but it's not that... That's not the, that's not the layer that, you're, that the currency value is for the currency value is for trading between players like the key economy in tf2 rare stuff is worth more keys sure just because it's rare not mm. because it took more keys to unlock the crate that had that in it <laughs> but that's where the blueprints might run into the problem but mm. like if the if the rare blueprints cost too much currency to create then then people will well, the price to trade for that item will inflate more, I yeah. guess. They have the slight problem as well that you could argue that everything is just worth a single key right now. Yeah. Even with rarity factored in. So it's like But no one they, thinks they, like that. Everyone thinks of how many keys it's worth because people value rarity. Oh, That's yeah. how key economies always work. Yeah, I hope I hope this isn't too crazy. Then again, it might work out okay, simply because like, oh hey, if my decryptors like translate to some sort of Sub currency. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do that. Then I could spend. That. Then I could rather than like randomize them. I could spend my decryptor currency to get. Oh, this contains that party time goal explosion. I want. Great. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll spend my sub currency on that. No problem. Yeah, I don't know if they if they want to have a second. Like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess the only way that would make sense would be make it some kind of sub currency, but not exactly like a sub currency. Like they make it. Make the decryptors equivalent to a certain amount of currency, but you the thing you unlock has to be untradeable. Yeah, but that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I think it would like to be they are now, but like, as in, yeah, you could spend real currency or the same amount of sub currency, or you make the decryptors but, still like a separate item. It just applies like a discount to open it, to the creating a blueprint, but, and then locks it for the, trading for the risk of. Oh well, yeah, but then decryptors aren't giving you an item. You still have to spend actual currency. Sure, but maybe like the 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 discount because you're getting the decryptors for free. Sure, thank you. Well, I guess off, off Rocket Pass season. Maybe they'll just get rid of those entirely. Yeah, maybe maybe the maybe, maybe the, they'll just turn them into like two decryptors equals a key, or, or a key is worth of currency. Or yeah, or maybe they'll just put keys into the free or the currency equivalent of keys into the free tree of the Rocket Pass, just like half as much or something. <laughs> But yeah. they all, they also mentioned the like the with, with the untradeable aspect that like the because they're also changing the trade in system like the trade ups mm. from all the crap that you get that you just get rid of by converting it into slightly higher tier stuff. Yeah, they're changing that to make it so that it's like you can't use. You can't. You'll no longer be able to use stuff that was previously untradeable in the trading system. Because previously, you, even if something was untradeable, you could still combine un- those and upgrade them, but the result would still be untradeable. Sure. From now, but then they're getting rid of that, so you won't be able to uh, anything that's untradeable. Just you won't be able to do anything with. But that's sort of okay because the probability of you acquiring something. Well, is it though? Like because what? Well, because what you, you'd have was like well, like you could have of, multiple through decryptors. Though, yeah, right? and like out of crates, you could. Well, yeah, decrypting the crates, you could get like multiple shitty blue skins or whatever, mm. and then you could theoretically trade those up to a theoretical better one. Yeah, 
I don't know why you'd have to change that system. That system is fine right now. I think it's just the way it interacts with the blueprints must be something they thought about. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. The, tra- the, tra- the trade-up system is like, you know, it's slow anyway, right? Because you need five garbage items to make one of a higher rarity. Sure, but it and is just like, a way so to get rid of the garbage items. Yeah. And then by the, and then the, the, the one of higher rarity you're probably going to get, it's probably something you've already got anyway. If you haven't played for any period of time, but then you just keep trading them up. That's yeah, fine. but then you've got to get five of those as well to trade up. But like, yeah, so it's it's like it's a it's a huge time sink. But it's a but but that's what I mean. It's a system that works just fine because it's a time sink. In reality, if they wanted to be really nice about it, you get rid of the trade up system and just have it so you can trade garbage for currency, <laughs> a small amount of currency, like a dismantling system yeah. or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that might be an op- what we're like. Get gems for your Steam cards, kind yeah. Of thing. Except they would probably not going to do that. <laughs> that would probably affect the economy too much, especially right at the start, where everyone would suddenly just be like, "I've just converted thousands of currency out of all this junk I've been hoarding," <laughs> and then but no one would buy any crates for would, like several months. Maybe, but that would create like quite a lot of pro- positive, yeah, yeah, community points, yeah. And weirdly, in this same announcement about the blueprints, they announced that they're doing one more crate before the blueprints come out. <laughs> Had to get one more in there just beforehand. Right. So like an event on, is it like the ha- this year's Halloween or something? I don't think they've announced what's happening for the for the autumn, I guess, event. If there are if they are doing one, and the crate doesn't it doesn't suggest that it's specific to an event. It's just like another generic oh, another crate. Generic crate. Mm. Did they say anything about when this is landing? Uh, I don't think they said a date specifically. It's been but a while already. I, I think they might have suggested that it's going to be after the end. Well, I mean, this next crate has to happen, so that's got to have at least a month, probably, yeah. <laughs> for that crate to exist. I'm guessing it's going to happen at like the end of this rocket pass. Right. So they don't have to fuck around with keys or anything yeah, until, yeah, yeah, yeah. until that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's at least going to be at the end of the rocket pass. I, I agree with that. So that will be at the end of December. But the rocket passes are now planned to just glide into each other, right? So as soon as four ends, they were planning on doing five immediately. Yeah, that was the that's how they want to do it from now. Right. So they would. So unless it's going to be like another three months after five rocket pass five, then it's got to happen then, right? It's got to yeah. happen at the start of five. Yeah. I mean, that's the logical time. So a month and a half away. Yeah, end yeah. of December. Get get Halloween out of the way. If they do anything for that. If they do anything for that. And then they're good. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, there should be a Christmas event as well. Yeah, but they probably just merge that into whatever new system they've got. But then those are fine because you earn different currencies for those. Mm, yeah. Those are fine. We'll see how that turns out. My massive, huge pile of crates. Because then, then, if I like actually wanted anything out of those crates, you could actually get it. Yeah, you could get your it party. Might be, it might be tempting. Eruption. Yeah, or well, the ice one. You know, so I can be all yeah. Glacial... You can get your glacial carve yeah. correctly set up. Exactly. You can go full, full frozen tundra. I don't remember if there was anything else I wanted out of those crates. I guess it's been a while since I looked at most of them. It's all about that grunt birthday party sound effect. Yes, it's the only one you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such a great sound effect. Poop. Yeah. Speaking of which, Halo Infinite would better be good. 
Mm. Next news. <laughs> That's not news. <laughs> Barely even an opinion. No. <laughs> Barely an opinion. You can't really form an opinion on something that hasn't. They, do you, do you reckon it'll go on? No, do you reckon? I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if it's actually a sequel to Halo Five at all. Well, I mean, that's what we, whatever I was like. Why is this not numbered? Yeah, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, weird, isn't it? But what? I, what or maybe the campaign part of Halo Infinite will be Halo Six, and they'll just have this. The Infinite will be like this world destiny like thing. Destiny mm. thing. Yeah. So six will be part of it. Or DLC for it. <laughs> that would be weird. Well, as long as they learn from Destiny and don't launch with minimal story. Pardon. Mm. And Peter Dinklage. <laughs> he was clearly <laughs> the problem. <laughs> Everyone in my Steam list has also been playing Destiny 2 since that launch now. That's free to play now, yeah. yeah. Although quite a lot of people have been buying into the expansions as well, judging by my Steam list. Yeah. Well, I've been tempted for the past year since I had my PS4 because it to start playing Destiny 2 because it came up on PS Plus at about the time of Forsaken's release. Mm. Um, and well, it's a bungee shooter, so you know it handles. Yeah, nicely. Well, I just haven't haven't quite brought myself to actually play it. And now it's free to play on PC. Well, maybe I'll try on PC instead. Yeah. Well, why not? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, What's well, Halo Reach on coming out on PC? That must be soon. Uh, ooh, yeah. Is that this year? Yeah, I think they said they were going to do it before the end of the year. Oh. But I don't think it's happened yet. Mm. Anyway. Reach. Uh, reach for the stars. <laughs> Nothing happening in these. We're done. Randy Pitchford and Wade Callender, that lawsuit, that horrible, horrible lawsuit, where, a combination of lawsuits. One of the lawsuits. Well, I, I think I think the both bi-directional, both directions. It yeah. wasn't super clear. Like, but anyway, yeah, that's all over. They've sort of agreed something out of court, as usual. Yeah. So we never get to find out. We don't think know. of what happened. No, we don't know. Supposedly, the court papers said that it what that the evidence against Randy Pitchford and Gearbox wasn't enough, and that they are exonerated of it. Okay. But I don't know when you when it, when things are settled out of court, can you really is that truthful? I don't know. I suppose these were court papers that said that, but like, who knows? Ooh, I wonder if they're friends again now. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Okay, it's time for what you've been playing. What's you been playing, Rob? Dun dun dun! <laughs> I finished Gears Five. Uh, good. <laughs> How is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it. What's your overall on me... that game compared to like, four? Okay. I mean, I know you played one again, and that kind of ruined everything by being good. Yeah, it ruined it. It ruined everything by being better than four. Um, <laughs> I think it. I think it is marginally better than four overall because it has more of a hint of what I like about those first three gear games. Okay. Um, like act, I, I stand by my statement and be like, Act One of Gears Five feels way more like it's 
on the right track than Gears 4 ever did. It's like, oh right, you guys do understand Gears. This is this is this is exactly what I, this this is more in in tune with what I was I was after. Great, right, cool. Um, and then all of that kind of goes away. Um, as I sort of said last week, like the open world areas are just sort of odd. They don't really fit with Gears particularly well. It's like in some respects they're not badly done. I don't know, don't know if they're bad per se but they're just not really gears mm. it's like you get you get to go around these areas and if you want to find these extra little challenges some of which are interesting most of which are not um and you basically get a thing <laughs> at the end of it like maybe some upgrade components or a power for jack or an improvement to powers right. for jack by the end of it um and that's kind of all they exist for just right. to sort of add extra content to something that was, as it turns out, very clearly lacking in proper story writing chops. It's like, again, a bit like the Gears 4, it's like the story in this ends up being damp and floppy and like non-existent. And it's the first half of the game seems to set up things that they then really don't land mm, in the second half. Up. Yeah. And, and I don't think are going to land. Think they're going to land until Gears Six. It's like the the second half of that game is just like, hey, we're doing things kind of because we might have to, maybe. And then it just sort of ends. And it's it's like they're playing the very long game, and it's like, and, and compared to it's 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 feels like such a letdown. It's like if you played Act 1 as like a shareware version of the game, right, and it would hook you in, you'd be like, yeah, take my money. The, the game's like this, great. And then you get the other three acts. I'd feel a bit let down. I'd be like, oh, these are clearly not as good as the as the first one. And it's like even Act 5 is a bit, is as, as Act 4, sorry, is as, as expected is a bit more linear and structure and is a bit more, has a bit more agency. Than, than the rest of the game does. Um, so it's an improvement over the open world stuff in terms of how I think the game plays, but it's it also has some of the messiest encounters, some of the least fun and what feels like cobbled together areas in, at times where it's just like, okay, you, it's interesting in theory, but like the combination of enemies you're throwing at me just aren't all that fun to fight mm, in combination. Okay. Yeah. It's like I I I don't like the direction they've gone. Like the more I thought about it, the more I dislike the new enemies. The more I, like, especially the bigger swarm enemies, like the pouncer and the uh, the carriers and the uh, whatever that thing is that gobbles people up. Um, they they just uh, they're they're not that fun additions. Like I think almost Gears is almost at its best when it's like. When you're fighting the regular ass drones, like I don't need big enemies necessarily to mm. be, to feel like I'm more under pressure or anything like that. I just need smarter AI. Yeah, it's like when the you had the kind of the elites and grunts, and then at the end you had the kind of special forces. Yeah, yeah, elites or whatever. Uh, yeah, the, the the combat arenas seem to be more designed with like big gaps in them as well, so I can't be. Uh, like it ends up being more of a stop and pop 
um, at one end versus a group of guys at the other end of this arena, rather than the sort of more strategic fights that I think the first game had, or the more opportunities to like sneak up on guys and actually mm. get around them, and I can outmaneuver you and put myself in a better position than it matters because pretty much everyone always knows where you are in this and they'll just the big things will just casually walk across the big gaps because they'll probably have something that's putting a massive shield over them you know so they can walk across and until your teammates decide to kill the thing that's putting the shield over them you know it's like it feels like they're compensating for failures in the design that weren't there in the first three games (laughs) It's weird. It's like it just. Uh, I have, I have, I'm left with the same sort of like slightly sour taste that I had from Gears Four, really, and that it just doesn't. All the ingredients are on the cusp of. I wouldn't even say they're there. They're on the cusp of being there. Like they're at the edge of the frying pan, about to be put in, and then someone sort of thought, "Yeah, you know what? Like just the just the smell's good enough. You don't need to taste this." Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to put this ingredient on the table next to the food you're eating. <laughs> like, that could theoretically work, I guess. Could work. Aromatic <laughs> meals. Uh, it's just a, it's just a, it's a strange old thing. And there is one moment that I don't know if I want to talk about or not because it's a, it's pretty near the end, and it does a thing that Gears has never done before. Uh. And uh, yeah, and it's uh, it, it's it's just it didn't didn't it didn't leave a great taste in my mouth. It like it just sort of uh, it almost made the rest of the experience worse as a result. I'm just like, okay, why did you make me do that? Why did you? There's a choice. Okay, let me just say it. There's a dial and ending. Effectively, right. there's, a, there's, ending, there's a split, yeah. and it's an important split. And it's uh, like, okay, which which of these end to the point where it's like, which of these routes is canon in mm-hmm. Gear Six, or are they going to try and play it off? No, there's canon? there's one ending, there's one route that feels more sense that makes more sense than the other, but is actually the one that makes less has less intrigue, like in the in how the characters mm. will play off each other. Like it's uh, yeah, it's it's weird. It's I don't even know why that was there, and also it just sort of turns up. It's one of these moments that just sort of turns up and it's like, well, you didn't earn this. There was no real build-up to this. Right, it's like, not it's grounded. Like, it, yeah, it's no. Is it at least not pushing a button on a console? <laughs> like, it's not, push, like it's not pushing text. a button. I mean, it's not pushing a button on a console. That was it's literally dialing a where, like, you had a, a dial, thing. right? There were three buttons and you picked an ending on it. At least at the original Deus Ex, you had to run around the base trying to find the buttons yeah. to dial. The, yeah. oh, this, this, is, this is very much a left trigger or right trigger moment. Right, right, right. <laughs> like a, a renegade moment. or yeah, Kind of, yeah, but mm, it's not good. It's not good. And it's, I, don't, I don't know why they went with that. It doesn't... Like, I actually want more linearity in my gears. Like, like the, the introduction of these open world segments just pads it out and made it a longer experience, not a better experience. And then, and then suddenly you have this like non-linear choice, which admittedly only impacts a tiny portion of the end of the game at this point. But it's like, it's it's supposed to be a significant thing, and it just ends up feeling empty and just thrown in because it's like, hey, we want to. 
we wanted to add some controversy. <laughs> like, it literally just seems yeah. to be there to push that button. I'm made to push that button to push their button. Like, <laughs> it's, it's it's odd. It's like that said, you know, and, and as I've said before, it's an, it's a, it's a it's a beautiful game. It's a great it's a technical showpiece in every way. Like it, it and it does generally play better than Gears Four did. Um, like in the actual firefights and stuff like that, it's a step in the right direction generally. Mm. But it's, uh, it, you know, in, in, on the basics, on the basics, on the big brush strokes, though. No, take it back. <laughs> you can try this again. We're finally reaching that point that you know everyone's always talked about, where like the you know, the amazing graphics improvements or whatever are are not really serving the game. Or whatever, you know what I mean? Like it, uh, I don't know. I, I think I see what you mean. It's like the technology advancements aren't helping Gears at no. the moment. It's like it, 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 it's not important. The, the, uh, it's how the game, how the game plays fundamentally hasn't changed. I just I guess. mean like, like, but, like, but, but it's like the, the, the direction everything has been put together isn't as good as it was. It's like it doesn't, the technology doesn't matter. Um, that's exactly that's what I mean. It's like yeah. there was always this argument that like oh graphics don't make the game, which is obviously true. Obviously Tetris is great, and um, mm. but uh, and that but the improved graphics and and technology definitely helped games improve. Like and even up to the point of like uh, I don't know, but that you know maybe in certain genres we've got to the point where it doesn't really matter and it's nice to have nicer graphics but it isn't sure or, or technology but it isn't really helping make a better game in any way in a yeah sense. i mean there's an argument in that you know halo 4 and 5 were better you know the one of the common arguments across those being lesser games in the halo series is, is that it's because they traded visuals improved visuals but against it they traded worse ai they right. freed up they Definitely freed up processors. They freed up processor cycles to make it look prettier at the cost of the uh, Covenant AI and things like that. Um, and you know, you can't. You you feel that. You don't necessarily yeah. see that, but you feel that. Definitely. Um, and I kind of like you know, it's hard not to agree with that. And I think modern gears does have that problem where it's, hey, the game, you know, and it shouldn't have that problem. Yeah, it looks beautiful and stuff like that, but. They kind of got the AI part right in the early games, and yeah. they still looked beautiful, you know, for the time. It's like you didn't have to pair back, and I'm not sure they have paired that back. It's mm. just that the design of the arenas and the weapons and the things in it negates the need for you to fight in that way anymore, and negates the need for the AI to fight in that way anymore. It's a, I think it's a purely de- pure design choice that doesn't work as well as it used to. It's not, not the. Ge- uh, as I said, I've said every week, I think since I've been playing this, it's not the gears I really fell in love with. Right. It's... Back in the day. Yeah. And it's I not will, like I will you say just overall... nostalgia because you went back and played it recently, and it was really yeah, good, yeah, so... exactly. Like yeah. like so ult- you, know. the, you go go and play Gears Ultimate Edition. It, it holds up. It's it's pretty great. Um, uh, to the point where I'm now wondering, like playing Gears Two and Three on back compat, like uh, maybe that'll be a fun fun thing to do as well. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a shame they haven't gone back and made ultimate editions of those. To be honest, I'd quite like to see how they turn out. Um, 
Yeah, I, I will say that like the the character interactions and things like that, just the general tone. Well, I think I mentioned this in the previous weeks as well. The tone between characters is generally improved. It's not quite as irritating as it was in four, mm. but it's still not the it's still not the main four guys. You know, yeah. it's still not Marcus, Dom, Cole, and Baird, and that relationship. It doesn't work as well as that did. You know, these grizzled veterans, because none of them are grizzled veterans, sort of. Some time has passed, and a lot of them have now been in firefights, but they don't feel like veterans. Mm. They don't have that same gravitas of character that, that the others did. You don't, you don't feel like these guys have been through it. Yeah, it's got, it's got problems. It, like, Coalition are improving. I played some Horde. How about that? I played some Horde, <laughs> and I found it more entertaining than I found Horde in Gears 4. Mm. I tried playing Escape Mode, but it failed on me miserably, and so I haven't tried again. Um, top tip, if the server tries to match you in a game on your own and puts you in a game where you're the only player, <laughs> uh, just bail out of that one. It's, that game is impossible to play on your own because there are too many enemies that like have that Left 4 Dead effect where you need someone to save you. Mm. And you don't play with AI in escape mode. So you need someone to help you, you out. Yeah. In in any of the multiplayer modes, you need multiple players. Who'd have thought? But the matchmaking just hasn't worked for me in escape mode. So I've not really been able to try that particularly. So uh hey, if you've got Game Pass, I can't say don't play it. You might as well check it out. You might as well see how well it runs on your PC. Because it's a looker. But maybe play that first act and stop. <laughs> there you go. I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't feel bad for you. So, let's move on to more positive stuff. Yeah, uh, that's good. I finished off Creature in the Well. Uh, which is that sort of... Which we did a video of. It's up on the yeah, site now. The video on uh, YouTube. It's up on YouTube. Uh, Happy Salad. Um channel on youtube yes it's a uh, yeah for those that don't know it's a sort of isometric slash top down pinball ish you hit balls around to hit things kind of game hmm. uh there's some light puzzly elements along the way and uh, um if you go and watch the video and see what that sort of looks like the rest of the game is pretty much that like it gets harder in spots for sure, and it throws in a couple more mechanics. But it's like, like its concept is what is is the game. Yeah, it's like you, you seeing what it is 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 exactly what it is uh, all the way through. And you'll you'll get some more abilities along the way that don't exactly mix up the gameplay, but make certain things a bit easier. Um, you'll gain you'll gain more like make the balls have some sort of chain lightning effect or. Um, have an alternative way of getting a laser sight, which is much appreciated because then it means you can combine it with other things. Um, if you go secret hunting um, and things like that, and it's like generally it works out pretty well. I kind of wish the uh, like the, the the presentation is nice and all that. Like it's 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 a very striking looking game. I like it's like hard colors um, with like like it doesn't really grade like like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't really like do any fades of color at any point. Everything is always like a solid color. Um, so it has that sort of European comic book feel about it in spots, um, yeah. which, which looks really nice. Um, it's got that high-quality Unreal Engine motion blur on everything, which looks pretty nice as well. Um, 
but um, for the most part, some of the sound design is quite nice. I, I do wish it had more music because, like, it's mu- like its music's just not that interesting to me. It's all that sort of amb- it's, it's it's almost overly ambient and in a sort of sci-fi way, and there's, there's never really it's not got any hooks. Or anything. It's like I'm playing a pinball right. game. Like maybe. <laughs> I like I need a I need a tune. A bit too calm and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it never really other than maybe the very last area, it's like the sort of like the level music is just kind of a nothing for me. It doesn't really doesn't doesn't do anything. Um and the same goes for the story, um, because without trying to spoil it very much, you really don't learn anything about like it's kind of a like a huge like, hey, there's a creature in the world, and it's like stopping the weather machine from doing its job and saving us all. Why, you may ask? Well, that indeed is the question that doesn't really get answered. And like, so if you're in it for the to find out what the story about the creature is and what it is, it's like, yep, don't don't get your hopes up. You you probably won't. I've I've got all of one thousand achievement points in that game. I think I've done most of what there is to do, if not all of it. And I, yeah, that stuff is never really revealed. I did realize, didn't realize at the time while we were playing it in the video though. But that thing you did where we accidentally rode that guy's um, mop, yeah, there's an achievement for that. <laughs> okay. Oh really? <laughs> it just didn't didn't we didn't see it while we were playing it. Um, but yeah, you ride that guy's mop, get an achievement, topped it. Is there an achievement for falling off the elevator? <laughs> no, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, the weird end of level elevators that you can just walk off. Um, I didn't really realise, but you know when we were playing the first level at the start of the game where we sort of wandered down the secret path? Yeah. It's, like, it's just because that was the only thing you could do. Yeah. The door in that room costs like 215,000 power to open. Which you don't have at that point, so you're forced to do the go the secret route, um, quote unquote secret. Um, which then means that other route might be the secret after all. Yeah, Ooh. I guess so. Yeah, I did figure out how to get there eventually. It's not that it's not as difficult as it first seemed. Uh, yeah, it's a cool game. It's a cool little game. I can't, as I say, it. I wish it did more with its concept, but that doesn't mean that the short, like, four-hour jaunt that I think it is is wasn't wasn't a bad one. You fancy a not bad four-hour jaunt? Yeah, there's a palate cleanser. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Uh, so that left me open to playing something else. Um, I'm still chipping away at Tetris Ninety Nine. Not there's not chipping away is exactly what you call that. Oh, not exactly, I suppose. <laughs> but like, I think I've managed to find like some methods of targeting that mitigate some of my problems with that game, and I haven't had quite so many instances since where I've just been wrecked by multiple players. Because what I didn't realize is that if you put it into target attackers mode and you clear lines. Like your attack is multiplied across all of the players, not split across multiple players that you're targeting. So if you're, yeah, if you're targeting four guys that are all like all attacking you at once, your your the same attack power gets sent to all four guys, and it's not split between them. It's not divided. So that's that's kind of nice. It's kind of a nice way to put people off from you if you 
leave yourself enough headroom to fight back a bit if you get into that situation. Then you can send tons of attacks out, which tends to help you. But it, you know, it might not always work because of circumstances. But hey, I'm still playing that game, and I'm, I'm weirdly enjoying it way more than I was <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, where I was on the verge of quitting it forever. So it's, And uh, that theme, I know the Tetris theme tune it kind of worms its way into everything, but this particular version of it worms its way into my head more than anything else. It's really hard to get out of my head now. Got turn the skins on. <laughs> well, yeah, but then I, 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 I recently unlocked the Zelda one, and it's like, I don't know, they feel like they feel a bit cheap, like not not that well, like like not a lot of effort has been put into them. It's like you get you get a version of the Zelda theme, but I think it's like just a version so it gets maybe slightly quicker when you get to down down to the last 50 players and it's not and it, it has all the same like movement and like clear line sound effects as the mario one does hmm. and it's like i thought you'd have put a little more in it to make these some of these sound effects maybe a bit more zeldery like maybe if i got a tetris if it went da 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 that would be cool missed a trick there But what I really want to talk about, or probably should talk about, is I've been playing Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. What's that? So that is the uh, famously kickstarted Egovania game, as they call it now. Um, Egovania? Because it's made by Igarashi, Uh. the guy who is famous for being the lead on Castlevania Symphony of the End of the Night and several of the games that followed since. Several of the Castlevania games that came after that, anyway. Um, he's the Castlevania guy. Well, kind of. He's the, he's the Castlevania guy of the age when Castlevania was the one that meant, was became the one that was the half of Metroidvania. Yeah. When people are talking about items backtracking and stuff. I, I, yeah, <laughs> Rather items, than the original Castlevanias, which weren't really that. Items, backtracking, experience <laughs> points, all that jazz. He's the guy that introduced it to the series. Um, so Bloodstained is the non-Castlevania Castlevania game. Um, because he doesn't have that brand. Yeah. He's just his own guy who happens to make those kind of games. Yep. It's very much one of those. But better than Mighty Number no. 9, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not Mighty Number no. 9. Uh, very much not that. So this, yeah. And, uh, you know, in that breath, it's like if you, if you know what those sort of Castlevania games are like, if you know what Symphony of the Night is like, that is, is like, it is very much that. Like, very, very much that. Um, But I'm I, I, I'm finding myself fairly addicted to it. It's been hard to put down. It's been hard to stop playing it. Um, there's something quite nice about just how that combat works and how it feels. And uh, it took me a little while to get into it. And I think it's a I think the game starts fairly roughly. That first boss fight in particular isn't great. And there's a a good few of the early boss fights just aren't a lot of fun at all. Um, which puts a sort of sour note like on on the whole thing. It's like I'm finding this really hard to get into. It's it's not the best presented thing in the world, and in fact, that is probably its biggest flaw. In that, it's like there's a good game under under there if you stick with it, but its presentation is a bit rough. And I'm playing it on the uh, Xbone, 
the original Xbox, and it's a bit performant in places. There are audio problems here and there. I've had it hard mm. crash on me. Oh dear! It's like the the polish is not good. The voice acting is pretty terrible in spots. The writing is garbage, but that's kind of what you expect, I suppose. <laughs> it's like that's fine. I can forgive that. That's that to me is what Castlevania memes are all about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can forgive that. Um, but the polish aspect is like they really, really need to be better. It's like it pulls the experience down significantly. Not enough to make me stop playing it though. Not enough to make me sort of just turn away and go, "This is utter, utter trash." Because it's not. The core is all right. The the actual gameplay is fine. It's just a real shame that it's got these technical issues. Uh, you know, I'd sort of heard that the that it was a bit framey on Switch in places. It's a bit framey on the Xbox. You know, something with more power than the Switch is struggling. And there's a there's an item you can get that zooms the camera out a bit if you've got it equipped, and that makes it even framier in spots. Mm. Um, there are certain weapons, for instance, there's this cool flying dagger you can get that sort of like f- fires out from you. Maybe you can you know hit stuff at range, and it will hit stuff on the way out and on the way back, which is pretty cool. But it's got this red trail, and every now and then the red trail will go wrong and just go across the entire width of the screen. But when it does, the game starts to go framey as hell. Mm. Like and there are certain rooms where that happens every time you throw it, and it's like, okay, did anybody use this weapon? Did anyone try this out? It's got a problem, and it's like I would have thought like now that it's like quite a long time after the launch that maybe some patches would have come to address some of this, mm. but no, but no, it's not a great advertisement for the power of modern consoles. <laughs> But that said, I'm I'm actually I'm, I'm having a good time of it. I enjoy it. Like it's, I've already managed to like I've got about I think I'm about halfway through it, and you can get what is known as the worst ending at this point, where you can go and fight the one of you know who I assume is the last boss, because I just sort of stumbled upon him, and he's like, oh, right, you can fight it here and there, and then you, you beat him, and if, if you beat him, you just get taken to a tiny cutscene where it's just like what a bad feeling about all this and then it just goes game over <laughs> and then you're just like oh alright I clearly haven't done enough to succeed here given that my map completion is is like 50% at this point I've clearly got a lot more work to do but this is where the like I I suppose you could argue the Fez thing right where the, this is where the game really begins because this is where it gets really not obvious what you have to do next uh, like you have to like the, the route to go to where you have to get to is not super obvious, and the items you might need and how you acquire those items not very obvious um, at all. Like I've been aimlessly wandering around areas for quite a while, having zero idea what to do, only to then randomly, seemingly stumble upon something and then be like, "Oh, I can now do it this way. I can now do that thing." It's like it's not telegraphed very well at all, and maybe that's the point. Maybe it is like to make it more of a puzzle to be like, okay, yeah, you need to figure this out. You need to figure out how you can traverse like this and how to get around this area. Um, but it's for me, it's too obscure. I mean, some of the stuff in Fez was obscure, but it was obscure in the way where I felt like I could figure it out. This is uh, some of this stuff is just like, oh, you have to have stumbled upon this thing. 
or gained this ability from this this enemy. And if you haven't managed to gain that ability from this enemy, well, tough luck. You can't do that yet. Oh, and so okay. I've had to look those things up to be like, you need this power, which you acquire from this enemy. And but that stuff happens randomly. So you have to go fight a load. Make sure you go and fight a load of them until you until you do acquire that ability. And then it's like, right, OK, I, I'm not sure I would have figured that out at this point, because that's not really what the game has done up to this point is like. It has this system, which is kind of cool in theory, and that every enemy you can kill will give you a shard, but it won't give you that shard every time. Like You have to earn it. Uh, well, I say earn it. You have to fight them a random number of times, and occasionally it will happen as a drop. Um, and they give you new abilities. You can use, they, they are effectively an equipable item that will give you a magic spell of some kind. But there's, like because every enemy has one, there's loads of them. So you've got a huge amount right, of choice. So how and, do you choose? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And after a while, you just sort of think think to yourself, it's like, okay, some of these are clearly things that manipulate the world because they're like part of a boss fight or something like that. And they'll be like, oh, right, I need, I need your power to get around. But the bit where I'm at, where I need to progress, it's like, no, I needed one off a random enemy you find in the world. And I needed, and I needed that, char- that, that enemy's specific ability. Otherwise, I'm stuck. I can't get to the areas where I'm supposed to be going next, or I, there's nowhere there's nowhere left for me to explore. Um, so it has to, I have to need go down these areas. Or I need an item to go into this particular area. Yeah, and, it, and it's just one of these random abilities you get off a, get off a random enemy, and it's like, oh, I'm not sure I would have figured that out. So I don't feel bad about looking that up. You're <laughs> no. not being completionist enough. <laughs> I'm not being completionist enough, but I've, I have like so there's a collection of things to have to get them all. Yeah, it's like I mean it's not at all like this, but like you know, Final Fantasy's blue magic and whatever, where it's like sure every yeah. en- a lot of well not every enemy, but a lot of enemies where you just have to like I have to go and fight this random enemy and get it to use its one specific power on me on while I'm character. doing the specific thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I won't learn that power. But this power might be the most important one in the game. You know, you just don't know that stuff. But like normally that stuff isn't tied to progression. No, that's where it's different. And this this is where this stumbles a bit for me. It's like it's it's I don't mind it. It's got it's got a ton of stuff to discover if you want to put that in, but a lot of it is a grind. Like my familiar is kind of like so you get these familiars that are like powers like some these dudes that will follow you around basically and fight with you. And one of them is a sword. Just a floating sword, which is like kind of cool in itself. Um and as it levels up, because they can level up separately from you, I could choose to de-equip it as a familiar and just wield it as a sword. But as the familiar levels up, the power of the sword levels up. So I'm using, I've been using it as my primary familiar because it's like at some point, like if I want to do a boss fight and I'm struggling, I can switch to that sword and it'd be the most powerful sword I have mm. because I've been leveling up that guy. And I'm like, that's cool. But it means I don't use any of the others. <laughs> Because I've, I want to level up my sword, and it means I'm not using that sword as a combat weapon most of the time because I'm use, I'm leveling it up as a familiar. It's like, is but it's a weird. There are systems like that on occasion, which I think are really cool. Or you'll find special weapons that like have effects that other weapons don't, and it won't. The game won't really tell you that. Some of them you have to discover, and I think that stuff's pretty cool. Like when it's not tied to progression. <laughs> 
But it, it has is. to be said. Yeah. But it is, yeah. As it turns out, it is. Yeah. And it has some of the, um, I think, some of the most hilariously bad sound design on occasion. Like, maybe this is the thing for worst audio thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. In the, in our Game of the Year discussions. But some of the, like, armoured guys have, have have one of the most hilarious, like, death noises. Like, you hit them, and then as they're dying, they'll go, and then, and then there'll be a little pause, and then they'll start fading out, and then they'll go, ooh. <laughs> Vic Reeves style. Yeah. It's really funny. It, it doesn't stop being funny for me. Like, just, like, kill these guys, and they're like, <laughs> It's like some of, the, some of the voicing is just so weird. Like, like there's these little pixie things that, like, you'll hit, and they'll just go, ow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. But then it has some of the like what I think are some of the most, some of the best. Like this is the oh man, this is one enemy that is just stand, it's called I think it's Takamato Death, and she's basically like it's just this 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 woman dressed in red, shredding electric guitar, and she's just standing there, and the music the like the level music dips when these enemies are in the area, just so you can hear their sick riffs. <laughs> and it's like it's a pretty good riff like pretty pretty good shredding going on and they're, they're, they're attacking you with their sick beats and it's <laughs> sick ass beats yeah so you just stab her a few times and, the, and their death animation is smashing the guitar on the floor <laughs> it's, it's so stupid but but I love it <laughs> this game's really dumb that's what I'm trying to say it's really dumb it's not it's really dumb it's not that well made and yeah, I can't stop playing it. It's got something. Well, apparently, you're only quarter of the way through. Get ready for two hundred percent because you know it's coming. It's Castlevania game. <laughs> yeah, that's the bit I'm worried about. <laughs> uh, it's the bit I'm worried about. It's like I'm worried. It's, it's already taken me eleven hours to get this far, and I'm and I think I'm being particularly slow in that because I'm just not figuring out this. I'm not figuring the game out. I think as quickly as I should. Um, I hate that when you think you're like behind the difficulty curve. Yeah, I think I am. I think I'm slightly overleveled because the boss fights aren't nearly as hard now as they once were and things like that because I think it's taking me so long because I'm just leveling up, I think, more than the game expects me to because it's taking me so long to do this stuff. I think I know, I know where I have to get... I, well, I know enough through very quickly looking things up to know what my end goal my next end goal should be as in not the worst ending but the bad ending because there's three endings supposedly um so if i'm trying to get bad ending next then i know kind of where i have to get to but i don't i haven't looked up enough to know how to get there like what i need to get there um but i've have now at least got another area I can explore. So like I'm not completely stuck at the mm. moment. But um I think it I think the formula perhaps could do with a tiny bit of refinement, I guess is what I mean. Like like it's it's just a little bit too obscure for me personally. And it's a little too uh there's a lot of backtracking. I mean a lot of backtracking. You know, you Metroid is a bit fully Metroidvania, yeah. I mean, Metroid is a bit backtracky at places, but, but boy, this this is a lot backtracky.
But it is nice that you do get that feeling of power, though, because the enemies don't aren't leveling up with you. The enemies are what they are. So when you're returning to old old areas, it's just like, yeah, I can just mash my way through these, but I've still got to traverse it. Maybe Bloodstain Two will have that polish I crave. Mm. Maybe. Is that on the cards? I don't know. I don't know if anything's been said about following it up or what Eager will be up to next. I don't think we know. We shall see. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it's like I said, it's a, it's a poorly made, hilarious thing, but I, I'm still enjoying it quite a bit. Sweet. Yeah. Check that out. Got the drawer, man. And that'll be me done. I'm out. Cool. Zachary Burgess, what have you been playing? Well, a uh, couple of old, older things first. I still continue to randomly log into Guild Wars, mainly because I'm just like, now I'm back. Now I, I started playing it again, and now I'm just back into dailies. I'm just like, I can just oh, no. crap these dailies out real quick, <laughs> get, the, get the bonuses. Why is everyone playing Wild Classic, by the way? All because of a sudden. it came out. Right, oh, I guess. <laughs> it's why playing Wild Classic. And is it to try and relive that yeah. feeling they had when they discovered MMOs for yeah. the first time? And that's is... why we're playing Guild Wars, because Kippers wanted to get that experience with the MMO he has, I guess. Right. Okay. I, <laughs> I must confess, I have it installed again. Yep. And I logged in for all of five minutes, looked at the UI, and was like, oh God, I remember nothing. Oh, man. <laughs> I remember, n- I mean, like, diddly squat, nothing. Like, just like, I I don't I, I don't even know. I just don't even know. Somehow this knowledge has like exited my brain. I just but yeah. I looked at it and was like, "Sorry, what?" <laughs> well, we do. We clearly need to get and play it. Get in there and play it. Some. Oh man, I don't I don't know if I can commit the time. Oh, well, what? I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I have that vague like there's a, there's an intrigue factor that's just sitting in the back of my brain, kind of like what I had when I installed Dota that one time and then never played it. Mm. But <laughs> I think I've got that same feeling. If we can just get, you know, in it enough to do one of the things we haven't done, <laughs> that, would, that would be the, that would be the trick. Sure, one of the dungeons or like the end of the story would be nice. Yeah, the end of the story might be might be a good idea. But then we might not ever be able to do that without getting randos in, of course. Because mm. it's a dungeon, of course, the actual end of the story. You need more than three of us. You need five in theory. Although I think that last dungeon might be fairly cheesable with low numbers of people. I read the wiki about it one time because I was because I was thinking about my situation where it's like I've never done it because I just soloed everything up to this point, but now I have to get a fucking team. Mm. <laughs> Although now you know, once they put in that slightly better looking for group system, you probably could just. Join a random random team. There's not that mm. many groups that appear in that system, though. Of course, right? You just get one or two occasionally for it's each. Because because everyone's moved on from that, really. Yeah, yeah, or like there's, or they just have like in inside their guild, they have people to ask for to come with them or whatever. Oh, I see. Right. Probably. So yeah, I was still trying trying to around, did all the daily stuff. I think I had the also odd feeling of like, oh hey, this game has aged quite a bit. 
when I logged into it, it's like I remember it being well, quite a good-looking game. Well, yeah, and then, 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 yeah, logged in and like, oh yeah, it's not, it's not quite as good-looking as it once was. <laughs> well, don't so, log so, into Guild Wars One, whatever you think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of these textures are ropey. <laughs> Well, well, I can now super sample everything and it still run at perfectly 60. Because it had that option right from the start, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> it was more noticeable to me when I was like, because when the, you occasionally get the daily that's like, just go look at a vista somewhere. Mm. And obviously I've already looked at all the vistas, so I'm like, I just go whatever one is nearest. Sure. but Or whatever in the correct area, I guess, because it's always area specific. But when you run those vistas, sometimes you that's where it, you can sort of more easily see the way stuff fades in and out as the camera pans mm. around. It's like, yeah, this is quite old tech at this point, isn't it? <laughs> Mind you, that, some of that old Diver technique that those games of that era sort of introduced, that's still in use in a lot of places. Yeah. And it, like... I think maybe it's kind of worse, it, like the vistas just make it worse because the camera's not meant to move that fast at least. Yeah, yeah, Or yeah, the... that far up, high up above the terrain yeah, or whatever. So, some of the popping and pop out is quite extreme. <laughs> <laughs> and it, every time I've been to a world boss, it's still like, yep, this still runs pretty bad on my machine nowadays when there's, you know, a hundred people all mashing buttons. I think a lot of that was <laughs> never really actually the end, the graphics engines or that, you know, that side of its fault. Like particularly, it's like that. That game actually just slows down under huge amounts of multiplayer events coming in, right? Like, Maybe like there was a lot for it to handle, and so you ended up. And I always thought it got a bit frame, framey, even when we played it on my previous PC. And it's like I'd look at the system resources, and it would be like, "Yeah, my system's not stressed. This is just network causing slowdown somehow." Maybe. And the most noticeable thing with lots of people is some is like sometimes it takes a long time for people's armor to load, so you get like the generic model. Oh sure. Well, when I yeah when I logged in, it was interesting because my like the download client hadn't completely finished. Right, and you were running it. It was it was a streaming. It was like halfway between playable and finished. Yeah. Is when I sort of briefly logged in, and certain things just don't exist. Like like I think it's like it's got all the logic by that point and, and what can happen, but like certain visuals just don't aren't aren't ready yet. So I like when I get, get my weapons out. Oh, they the weapon models haven't loaded in yet. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, I'm fighting with invisible things, which is in itself kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think certain certain bits of attire or certain costumes and things like that hadn't hadn't been loaded in, so they just go invisible. I did actually. I guess not like the last week. I played a little bit more of the story beyond, like the the living world story that I hadn't ever done. Right. That was like it's the weird transitional story between the end of the first game and the expansion. Heart of Thorns, or yeah. I never got round to doing most of that, so I did a little bit more of that. Completed one of the maps and the first segment of Living World Two, I guess. I think we were doing some of Living World 1 well, we, before we even finished the main, the main story. I think we did some. Well, yeah, because once, once you get to the end of the story, it's like you have to do that dungeon, and then we mm. didn't. I don't remember. Well, I, I don't actually remember whether we did get to that dungeon or not. can't remember. I mean, I mean, we did do some of Living World 1, because that was a live event, so we mm. didn't have any choice. You had to do it then. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Which is also whereas, weird. The, whereas the current ones are as long as you're as long as you log in at the time it's launched, you can go back to it. 
that's the that's how it works now right well i think that was how it works i think they just give you most of the those transitional living world stuff now it, i think some of them are still in that login type thing but i think it's only related to the expansions so i oh, maybe right. don't have okay. the more recent ones don't know it's hard to tell i seem to have i think all of living world 2 but i might have got that even from back then that might have been just before the first expansion that was released anyway mm. i logged in and got those And it's weird that that whole menu where it tells you like your your the whole story menu where you can select which living world chapter you want to play if you have them. There's just the section for Living World One where it's just like this was a whole live event, so it doesn't really exist. You can just watch like a video that tells you about it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, because what didn't like destroy parts of the map? Yeah, there was a yeah. whole bunch of stuff that got fucked up, wouldn't change. Yeah. in the world. Which was a lot cooler than, you know. I guess I haven't <laughs> tried to do that again since, I suppose. Yeah. yeah lot... I guess this was this game's cataclysm, right? This was wow yeah. cataclysm, but for Guild Wars. Except not quite as wide ranging. Mm. It was just a couple of maps that got fucked up. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. Uh, I also briefly went, finally went back into Oxygen, not including the game, because I haven't played that for a while. Because the first, like, non bug fixing patch after launch came out. Except okay. it was kind of still a bug fixing patch, mm. but it was mainly focused on like performance. Oh, okay. <laughs> and my, the, you know, my main base that I was getting into the late game in was running so badly. I, that was why I kind of why I wasn't playing that one. But mm. then was feeling guilty about playing other maps because I was like, I'm so close to the end. Yeah. If yeah. I could just get that last achievement. So now that there's been this performance patch, I went back in. And it's like, well, it hasn't made that much difference. But <laughs> I also started implementing a few other like things that you can do inside the game to try and make things run better, like oh, okay. piling everything into a big pile. and Like refi- refining your processes because you can now. Yeah. It's like, pile all the debris on the map into one square so it reduces the amount of temperature calculations it's doing and, and like a couple of other items where it's like, I can, if I take these huge amount of wood that's lying around on the map and processing it, process it into ethanol and just store the ethanol in a big pool, that probably requires less temperature calculations than all these individual right, yeah. items. <laughs> so they, they were pretty good through the process right then of making it meaning you didn't have to restart saves. Like as they worked on the game, there was never anything. Kind of. There weren't too many like severe. Like, I mean, there okay, were. This is breaking, so you need to I start again. Yeah, I don't know if there was many cases where it broke saves. There were quite a few cases where like there was new things in map generation that obviously wouldn't appear unless you started new saves. Sure, yeah. As they were going through all their different biome upgrades and whatnot, but we'll see how. I mean, presumably they won't do that again now after launch. Well, maybe the map generation things, but mm. probably nothing literally save breaking. Right, yeah. At this point, they probably would want to. But yeah, I finally went back into my main save and committed to trying to actually do that last thing. Built a thing to condense liquid hydrogen and liquid oxygen for the final type of rocket engine, and then built that rocket. And now I'm just more or less just waiting for the oxygen and hydrogen to build up enough to fuel it. Which is annoyingly slow because I don't have any way to like get more hydrogen basically. Because hmm. on some maps you get a hydrogen vent where it just makes hydrogen, but I don't have one of those. So the only way I can get hydrogen is by running water through an electrolyzer, and that makes a ton of oxygen and very little hydrogen. 
mate. So it's just like, and then we're like, what do you do with all this extra oxygen? So at this point, I'm thinking that I might just have to start just dumping oxygen into space just to just to have those electrolyzers running constantly, making as much hydrogen as they possibly can, and just get rid of all the extra oxygen. Which is funny for a game called Oxygen Not Included. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I've reached a point where I've literally got far too much oxygen compared to the other part of this that I need. How ironic. <laughs> And luckily, I probably can get away with doing that because I've also got way, way too much water somehow. I've got a giant tank of water that's just, I was only using to feed the plants. But it's continuously filling up because I'm not even using that. Although that's more a cooling problem. Like the water's coming out at 95 degrees and I can't pipe it into the plants until I cool it down to 30. But the cooling system I have can't keep up with the amount of more water that's being put into it. Mm. So it like shuts down while the geyser is erupting and then eventually cools that water down enough to use for a while while the geyser is dormant and then the geyser comes back on and heats it up too much again. But that's just a giant pile of water that I'm not really using that much. So I could just probably electrolyze it and dump all that oxygen into space <laughs> to fill up my rocket engine a bit quicker. But theoretically, I can just launch... As soon as I get enough fuel, I can just launch that one rocket mission to the end and win or not really win, see the ending and get the achievement. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm probably going to do one extra rocket mission before that just to get some extra space materials. Because annoyingly, I think because of the way the like different things you can visit in space are randomly generated as well, they're obviously still tiered where like the further away they are, the better resources they have in general. But in the in the one that I have, like you don't really get any of fullerene until quite far out and you only get a tiny amount. And then there's like nothing until really far out where there's one planet, which is like 34% fullerene. And I'm like, well, mm. I just want, I want that. <laughs> but that means no. I have to do at least one hydrogen powered rocket launch out of there. But then I'll probably never need to do that again because 34% of fullerene is like so much because mm. you use like a tight, it's used to making super coolant. And you use like one kilogram to make a hundred kilograms of supercoolant. And my previous, in my previous launches to one of the nearby places that had a tiny amount of fullerene, I'd accumulated like four kilograms of fullerene. But if I make a launch to this 34% one, I should get like 340 kilograms of fullerene. And I'll be like, well, that's probably enough to last a long time. Hmm. Probably won't ever need that much supercoolant. So I'll probably be good. Just do that one launch. It's slightly weird that there's this abrupt amount of change between trace amounts of fluorine and a third of the entire planet. Mm. <laughs> so hopefully I'll be able to finish that up and then I can just go and play other saves which run way better. And again, come up with new, better designs. Because my main, my, the main reason it's taken this long to like build the hydrogen engine rocket is because almost the same problem that I had the very first time I built a rocket so I was like this time I thought I had a good idea of how to do it but it still didn't quite account for everything because I didn't know about how exactly I was going to do the hydrogen and oxygen and whatnot and I just don't have enough space next to my rocket silo really oh, does this mean we're potentially going to get another uh, Zach Optimizers video series <laughs> <laughs> maybe so yeah we'll see about that if I can just do that last achievement then i'll be reasonably happy with that save and i can just move on to the other saves <laughs> and won't feel guilty about it any longer i've abandoned you <laughs> after a thousand cycles so then the uh, the new thing that i played 
it's just a random game that one of my Steam friends was playing, and I was like, oh yeah, well, I guess I'll go for that as well because it was well cheap. It was like five quid or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a game called Mindustry, or at least I see that's how you pronounce it. It's like industry with M on the front. Okay, Mindustry. <laughs> yeah, or Mindustry, possibly. But it's basically imagine Factorio, but then imagine Factorio if instead of having tiny amounts of tower defense wedged into it really badly like Factorio has, it was actually a tower defense game. <laughs> oh, right. So the tower defense is its primary rather than the industry stuff. Well, it's more like half and half. Okay. Rather than like Factorio where it's like 99% industry and 1% shitty tower defense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you basically have the Factorio elements of mines and conveyor belts and processing stuff into more powerful ammo and whatnot. Mindustry? Yeah. In the sense of mining as opposed to yeah. mind? Yeah, possibly. Okay. And then you ship that fancy ammo on belts to turrets, and then they shoot waves of enemies that spawn continuously every oh. minute or whatever. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Does that work but, together? Well, it kind of does. It has some problems with, like... It maybe doesn't commit hard enough to the tower defense even now. Even like Factorio doesn't commit to the tower defense at all. But even this game, which is trying to be tower defense, maybe doesn't commit hard enough to it because the like, I think the maps are a bit too open, and like the AI pathfinding isn't exposed to you in any way, which I feel like you kind of need in a tower defense game, right? Because obviously most of them tell you exactly where you're going. Most of them tell you exactly, but even like being able to manipulate the AI by like blocking off certain routes can help, but there's no, there's no way to visualize that in this game apart from hoping that it works because the AI will just shoot your walls if they come up against walls. Okay. And it's hard to tell whether leaving an opening in your wall does influence the firefighting that much. Right. Like if the opening is way out of their way, they might still not go to it. They might still choose to blast their way through your walls. Okay. Yeah, I get it. So like, yeah, you can't just sort of be them go, all oh, right, there's an easier way there and expect them to take that. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be very... Like, the AI just isn't smart enough, I guess. Smart enough in its dumbness, which is the mm. trick to tower defense. You have to make them smart enough to figure out that kind of thing, but still dumb to just take the dumb route where they just walk amongst all your turrets and die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then its other sort of problem is it's, like... It's got to be predictable. Yeah. The, thing. the other sort of problem with its tower defense aspect is the air units. Which is a thing that tower defense games have sometimes, but in this game, it means you either have to have a very, very like covers the entire width of the map air, like air defense line that will destroy them all. Because as soon as one like bomber gets past your defensive turrets into like where your industry is happening, yeah, it's like you're, there's, nothing, there's nothing there to stop it just bombing whatever the hell it wants. So you, you either have to have Can a very put, secure like, AA guns or anything back in, yeah. Well, you, you, it's like that's what you either have to do. You either have to build a very, a very sufficient AA line at the front that will kill everything before it can fly over it, or you just have to disperse random AA guns all over the, the rear of your base and somehow get all the belts to supply those with ammo, which is kind of awkward. But also kind of cool, realistic. Kind of, but like sort of annoying. And then that, that problem becomes much worse when you have the boss aircraft which are like really huge aircraft with a ton of health. So those will just fucking fly directly over your front line, no matter how much AI, AI you put there, pretty much. And of course, because, again, AI being stupid, but not that stupid, those boss aircraft tend to fly directly to wherever your most valuable ship is. 
which quite often is either your very flammable aloe or your very explosive nuclear power plants, mm. which kind of fucks you up when they get in there. So always build turrets around your yeah. valuable stuff? But the, then that led to sort of the third problem, which is the tech tree is kind of weird, where... Well, first, my main problem with it was like you didn't, you only got one AA turret for most of the game. Like there was, it was quite far into the tech tree until you, until they gave you another one. And the basic one could only use like really crap ammo. So it doesn't really do that much damage. So you have to just build tons of them to even be able to, to, you know, have a chance against those bosses. And then the other problem with the tech tree is like the progress is kind of weird because you're meant to, when you're on the, when you're doing the tower defense thing, the only goal of the map is to survive as long as you can, and then you just leave at a certain point. But while you're doing that, you're meant to just be collecting resources from that map, and then when you go back to the menu or whatever, you use those resources you've collected to unlock the tech tree, basically. But it's like, it's not really balanced at all. Like, you get so many resources, even just playing one map, that you can unlock everything on the tech tree that uses those resources. So the resource collection isn't really how you unlock the tech tree. The tech tree is just unlocked by progressing to a map that has a new resource. I see. (laughs) So it's slightly weirdly balanced in that way. Mm. But it does have quite a lot of tech tree. Like there's quite a lot of options for like upgrades and power production and different types of ammo for the different turrets. And then later on you get all the different turrets and you even get like actual like units that you can send out mm. on the occasions where the enemies actually have a base and it's not just they just spawn from somewhere. Ah, okay, so it becomes a bit more RTS at some, in some point. Kind of, except you don't really control them. Oh, it's okay. more like you, oh, you create your own tower defense. Right, right. You just send out a continuous stream of shitty units yeah, that just okay. walk into the so enemy. It basically turns into that cool multiplayer mode from <laughs> LAPD. A, yeah, whatever that future cop was. Yep. It? Yeah. So that would be the reference. Man, Peter Cop was cool. Yeah, <laughs> not a lot of people remember that game. No. Yeah, who made that game? I have no Someone. idea. Might have been Interplay, right? Yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> Someone who made something good. Yeah, they, they. I think they then and whoever developed that then end up ended up going on to make more prominent stuff. Mm. So yeah, industry. I mean, it's fine for a five quid game, I guess. It's pretty decent. It, I suspect it was probably a phone game at some point. It has that kind of feel to the interface, and it occasionally says "tap this button," which kind of gives it away. <laughs> okay, it was, it was visceral before it was visceral, like the Dead Space. Oh, wow! No. Right. Okay. Cool. I think we've looked that up on this cast on air before. <laughs> probably. We like referencing yeah, I think we specific have, yeah. games that are good <laughs> to our references. Man, we should get hold of a copy of that for PC. Yep. Do a video of that. Clearly. It was a hard out. It was fairly difficult. Yes, it was. A single player, but... I remember thinking... Especially, I think it was the PlayStation version primarily I played back in the day, but yeah, thinking way too much time into that multiplayer mode. Yeah. Because you could play it against the AI and it was fun against that. Yeah. It's always good to just crush computer players. Yep. <laughs> it's what you want. And um, I guess Ministry also actually has multiplayer. It has PvP and co-op. I haven't tried either of those. I'm probably never going to try the PvP because I don't really like RTSs really and is, PvP. It, it really is Future Cop. <laughs> so it's got PvP. But also I was thinking about just the concept of that game with its tower defense in PvP. And it's just like, 
games are just going to last 10 hours. <laughs> like, the, the, it's like in a normal RTS, when you turtle, that makes the game real long. And in a tower defense game, turtling is the game. <laughs> so what are you going to do? Just fucking have a 10-hour match where both people are just building a huge, ridiculously complicated defensive line that no, no one can ever break until you amass enough units and send them all at once, I guess. Or Zerg Rush, I guess. <laughs> win immediately. It's either gonna, you're either going to win in 20 minutes or 10 hours. <laughs> yeah, I guess. It could be pretty lengthy. <laughs> so I can't, a lot of RTS games, in fairness. So yeah, can't. but I mean, like, in, this, in the concept of tower defense, that just seems to make it much worse. But I don't know if I would try that. I might end up getting into a co-op game at some point, because, you know, people on my Steam list <laughs> were playing this, and that's why I bought it. I was like, okay, maybe we can do this co-op. But then again, when I was thinking about that, I was like, "What? Does, how does co-op even make that interesting, I guess? I don't think it really does. I, guess, I mean, I guess it's the same as Factorio, where in reality the only reason to play co-op is you just have multiple people doing, doing design work at once. Because the actual tower defense part doesn't involve human interaction. Because <laughs> that's kind of the point. Mm. So yeah, that's pretty much that. I played a fair bit of it. Is that your games for the week? Probably. Two weekly bits, bi-weekly games? <laughs> yes. I don't, remember, it. Of don't games. remember anything else in, in particular. Cool. Well, I have played a few games. Let's see. I played some Untitled Goose game. Oh, really? Nice. It's Untitled and Goosey. I'm, I'm kind of glad they kept that. It's pretty damn good. I mean, it's small, right? But it's perfect. Yeah. It's exactly what it looks like. Uh, but, you know, you've all, everyone's kind of seen the first level, I guess, with the gardener and everything. Just expands from there. I like yeah. how it like moves through gated areas, but then... It's all kind of seamless, like there's no loading pause or whatever. It just kind of changes perspective to go into the next area. And they're all linked together really well. And it all works together in the end, uh, you know, to form a whole like English village from the like 1980s, apparently. Mm. (laughs) I mean, there's uh, developers are Australian, so I don't know how they managed to get the Englishness so right about it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's just brilliant being a. A naughty goose. <laughs> naughty goose. That's such a naughty goose. Yeah. It doesn't control perfectly, but I think that's part of the charm. Like, it's it's not always that easy to get through uh, gates in a rush when you're dragging stuff around, but it works. And, and the puzzles are just really inventive and fun. So highly recommend that. Um, short experience, but perfect. This year's um, Donut County. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of games along that line. I like what the golf could probably be similar. Yeah, to yeah I, I really want to play what the golf. I, I remember playing. Was it last year or two years ago? I played it at EGX and just like even for its incredibly short demo, I had a blast. Mm. So yeah, uh, check that out. I mean, it's been memeified to the to the max, and I'm sure there's loads of let's plays. Don't watch those. Play the game if you're going to play the game. Yeah, yeah. There was a news story on the front page of the BBC about it. So you know that's how you know. Oh, yeah. That's how you know 
that it's a meme. <laughs> Kotaku ran an article about saying that goose-related crime was up 2,000% since the game came out. Yep. So it's like, I guess people are reporting goose crying now. Yeah. Damned geese. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, what else have I played? Uh, played some wind jammers yesterday. Sweet. Uh, it's yep, it's wind jammers. I <laughs> suck at it, obviously, but it's cool it's when a, you get a rally it's a, it's going. It's a weird game, isn't it? Really, like yeah, it's I assume weird. you mean you're playing the original one because wind jammers two isn't out, I guess, or was it like the remake on PS4? It, I guess. Or? Well, it's the what is it? It's the it's the original game, but on it was on Switch. Um, oh right, you know, yeah, remastered, that, the, the re-released but, version, yeah, yeah re-released, yeah. yeah, with modern menus and stuff. Yeah, it was yeah. the original game. It wasn't a 3D thing or anything. No, it was the original game. It wasn't like yeah. Well, I was about to say, it wasn't Disc Jam or no. When Jam is two is still coming though, right? Is yeah, it? so I heard. So we'll see how that goes. It, it struck me that it may be inspired um, our favorite Mario Tennis in the way that you kind of move and aim and stuff in two, mm. you know, in two parts. With the yeah. same stick, yeah. Although I didn't quite get to grips with when you need to do the like curl and stuff. Sure. Um, yeah, that was one of the trickier. Yeah. Like, well, like, the bit I didn't never clearly never quite fathomed myself was like what triggers the uh, what exactly triggers the super moments and like then for the thing to fly in the air. Yeah, when it goes up in the yeah. air. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure because I could get the super return where you just hit it the immediate immediately when it gets to you that's oh, that's sure. yeah. fairly straightforward but like yeah triggering the where it goes up and then you power up and then you've got time to actually do the equivalent of the kind of star jump moment i suppose in mario well, tennis yeah yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm very happy and amazed you actually played that because <laughs> it's like normally you in our presence you're just like yeah i don't want to do that i don't want to do that and then it's uh, and then you come back and say, "Yeah, I played Windjammers," and I'm like, "Yeah, boy, <laughs> yeah, I played quite a bit of it." Well, it's because yeah, I was you... playing with someone who hadn't played it before as well, so we were both oh, trying to figure out. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> that, that would be a, a thing. Yeah. So that was cool. Uh, and then I've been playing but Link's but, Awakening. Okay. So, oh, okay, we'll come back to that. But first, thing I want to say, okay, next we just need to get you into playing Lethal League. That's why I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But then again, we can't even get Kippers to play League. Yeah, he's just Kippers violently opposed to it. Kippers for some is reason. funny about odd games in the in the same way, or just like, just looks at it and goes, "Nope." And it's like, "Yeah, but but come on, man, <laughs> it's really good. Just try it, just for a game." So, Link's Awakening. Sorry, yeah, it's uh, it's Link's Awakening. I had Link's Awakening D D X. Yes. On okay. the Game Boy Color, which was in color. Wow. Yeah. So amazing. I do remember it, but um, I not enough to remember all the puzzles or anything about it. In fact, I don't even know if I actually completed Link's Awakening DX. I think I must have done. It's not that long a game, I don't think. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I've got the remake for the Switch. The Switch. The Switch. Uh, and uh, yeah, they've redone all the art and everything, as you can see. Uh, mm-hmm. As you've probably seen some footage of and stuff, but it's just nice to. It's a bit. It's a bit of a shame that I'm thinking, oh, what 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 new game do I want to play? Oh, a remake of a game from well, not even remake, re remaster of a game from 1993 that was on the Game Boy, but <laughs> it was really well designed then, and it still is. Um, so it's a bit. I, I guess it's kind of a nostalgia thing, but it's 
it's pretty cool. I've forgotten everything. So, and the game design is like, you know, Zelda's very good, but like at the time they didn't handhold you through anything. Uh, but it, it 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 had more hints in it than the average game of the time, I suppose, on where you were supposed to go and do next. So, right, right. managing to, uh, um, you know, get on through. It definitely does have some performance problems, which is really weird. I don't know if you've heard about this. I think it's in probably made in in like a modern engine like Unreal or something. But uh, right. Um, but it definitely has some framiness in the world, which is really disconcerting for like a game. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's quite disappointing in a way because it's like it was, it was clearly picked up like ahead of release. And it yeah. was like a lot of people like made comments on that um, during the early demos. And apparently it is improved since then. Right. But just definitely not, just not ironed out. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be good if they could patch that. But anyway, uh, yeah. But uh, it doesn't spoil the enjoyment of it. I mean, D- David was saying that it, it didn't distract. Um, he forgot about it, but I'm definitely noticing it. Especially in the overworld, on occasion. Yeah, I, I assume it's more forgettable than the issues in Bloodstained, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's totally fine, and I like how they've you know remastered all the music really well too. And yeah, get, getting through it. Well, it's kind of a known quantity, right? But okay, yeah. um, it's kind of the the kind of B side type Zelda, I suppose. Of, mm. of that, it's like it's. I guess it's kind of the Majora's Mask to. Uh, to link the Ocarina of Time, you know, link right, to the so past. This is, so, this yeah. the, so this is the B side to link to the past. To link yeah, the past, yeah, exactly. Not in a. But then, what does it make link between worlds? Is that the B side? Oh to link well, to yeah. The past, yeah. That's a lot later, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, I I kind of want to play that after playing this. I don't know. Link, link between a, worlds, yeah. It's, yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, what do you I need? A three DS. You need a three DS uh, to play that. Yeah, three DS. Yeah, I don't have one of those. Yeah. Maybe they'll re-release that somehow. Yeah, they should. It's a really good one. Yeah, I mean, I had a quick go on the uh, on David's, um, uh, you know, SNES mode on the Switch, but you need the right, subscription yeah. to get that. So I'm never going to do that. Well, unless there's a game that really warrants it. But so, sure. Um, yes, uh, mini. <laughs> yeah, but it has most of the same games as the SNES Mini on it, and it's yeah. got really good emulation. So it was. Easy enough, and yeah. it's got Link to the oh. Past on there. So if you need, if you run out of top-down Zelda, you just play Link to the Past. I, I, I could say that I played through the, the Puyo Puyo Two on the Snares channel because it's there. Okay. I sort of, I thought I'd, like, I had a few minutes to spare, and I thought I was like, oh, I'll just I'll quickly play this. And I didn't realize quite how much like Mean Bean Machine that thing is. It's like because it is Mean Bean Machine. Yeah, that Mean Bean Machine is actually a reskin of that game. Mean Bean Machine right. is actually a lesser version of Puyo Puyo Two. Yeah, yeah. Like there's more in Puyo Puyo Two than there is in Mean Bean. Yeah, it's, uh... yeah. but I prefer the voice of Mean Bean Machine. I prefer the sound. Yeah, the, 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 well, there's that Genesis like sound quality that I like, and they're sort of yippee. Yeah, like, that's yeah. way way better than anime Yatta! noise. <laughs> or way, or whatever the hell they go. Yeah. It's quite nice that the characters all have their own voices though. So when you defeat them, they sort of go, oh, mm. <laughs> like, that's, that's really that's really cool. And you know, the last boss is Satan. <laughs> yes, as you do in anime, standard. And it gives, and it's, and I got a bad ending in it somehow. <laughs> like, hey, can you get to Satan with no continues and the and this condition, and then you'll get the good ending. It's like, okay, really. And, and also, kudos for to Nintendo for just straight up putting like the, there wasn't a a translation or there wasn't a localization of Puyo Two, hmm. so it's just straight up the Japanese version. 
And it's like, oh, all right, you just put it up anyway. Great. Can't complain. Anyway, Puyo 2. That's an S emulation was fine. Sorry. Thanks for waiting. Distraction. Yeah. So I'll continue playing that. I ha- I have seen a couple of like Twitter gifs online of there are places where you can get permanently stuck and bone your save file. Oh yeah, I think you probably can. So be sure to save. I almost got stuck inside a inside a hut, uh, you know, inside of someone's house behind something that was moving around. <laughs> right. I was like, oh god damn it! Yeah. But so the the, the bit, the bit I saw was that there was a bit of there was a bit of lake you could jump to. But then once you'd got to that bit, that island in the middle of the lake, you then couldn't jump off it. Right. So the the way that the route out was impossible. Like it, it looked like it looks doable, but you'd always end up you'd always end up jumping just a pixel too short or something. Right, so yeah. you'd fall in the water and then get put back. So yeah. then you'd die, and then you'd reload the save and it would put you back on that little little spot that you couldn't get away from. Mm, and it's I, like, well, I guess my save is screwed. Yeah. Um, I think there are some dodgy bits in it just resulting from it being yeah, maybe that was stuff that just yeah, wasn't right, cleaned yeah. up from the original. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Or the but, manner of the upgrade has made it not work. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Like some like some of the movement maybe like it maybe you could have made it. Maybe it was a pixel yeah. perfect jump before and then now it doesn't work. Yeah. Or something like that. But But it seems fairly seamless as you'd expect from Nintendo. And it is a nice look. And how does just... it how does it sit with you that this is a full price title well it's a bit ridiculous when you compare to something like breath of the wild especially because all of the game design has already been done like yeah <laughs> so they didn't have to invest in that so it's a little bit of a cash cash in i would say like, yeah from, from i don't want to i don't want to say that they are completely in the wrong in the in this right in that you know, they put a lot of effort into it are, but i agree yeah. that like it's but they don't really release non like small games that all like I don't know. Yeah. It, it's definitely I mean, I assume... not as much value as there's no way that you could claim there's as much value as a, a sure. But I assume Zelda. like Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD. I think they came out full price as well. Right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but those are even though they're just re, you know. Um, yeah, to, I wouldn't necessarily extent, say like, even for Twilight Princess that was a lesser remaster than Wind Waker HD, but still. Well, in some ways, you might say that, games, right? that this has had more work put into it than than like a Wind Waker. Of course, because they've had to re- yeah. they've had to completely rebuild, redo it. it. Yeah. yeah. So in that sense, maybe. But in terms of the size of the game, then yeah, no, it's a game like game, so it's a bit weird. Um, but then Link Between Worlds was full price, right? And but that was 3DS, and it's one of those yes. games. And yeah, it's, exactly. it's not really any bigger than Link to the Past. Yeah. So, so I agree, it's, it's a little bit weird. But if you're happy yeah. to pay it, then you're happy to pay it. So, yeah. But I definitely warn you: like, uh, if you want value for money, then get and you haven't played, definitely buy. Obviously, buy Breath of the Wild over this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, obviously I, like, yeah, it's one. Of the, it's, it's always a slightly awkward conversation because it's just one of those ones where it's like it's a very yeah. personal thing. Like, I definitely yeah, think it's what, true what, that it's, you... it, it, I, I would be happier if it was cheap. It, it, if it was like forty or something. Yeah, but yeah. For for me, it's it's a it's a stumbling block. I don't know. I don't definitely. know why exactly. No, no. I look, at, be, it, I I look it, at it and think I'm not willing to pay full price. I think that's totally fair. Awakening. Yeah. And it's like I don't, I don't, it, it might be the best game. It might be the best Zelda ever made. Some people stand by it being the best Zelda. It's ever not. Made. But <laughs> it's there you go. <laughs> but it's a good one. So hmm. yeah. And that's the kind of people that like B-sides, and that was the first B-side they... <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I, I mean? Yeah. 
would yeah would, would, would anybody stand by spirit tracks for instance you know <laughs> they might do yeah people stand by minish cap and stuff like that yeah it's like we discussed last time song. about this game where it's just like even this this one while it is the b-side of link to the past or whatever it's still like the most basic like oracle of ages and seasons and stuff had more going for them more. with right, different yeah. mechanics yeah even though they were basically exactly the same as that. It was just like yeah. they took that and added a few extra mechanics on top. Yeah. So do you think they'll do that next now that they've got this model for Link's Awakening that they'll Probably come back not. and do? At least you can assign, things. like, that was one thing, you can assign items to two separate buttons so you don't have to keep mm. constantly switching. Which is right, which would have been a problem back on the Game Boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That reminds me, kind of. <laughs> reminds me kind of of a bit of news that we did miss. Um, Alpha Dream went bankrupt. Who, sir? That's the people that made Mario and Luigi. Oh, right, really? Yep. So apparently, apparently, after after we had to sacrifice the RPG elements in Paper Mario because we had Mario and Luigi, now we don't have Mario and Luigi either. <laughs> so are they the? Did they make the Paper Mario games as well? No. Or, okay, so it's just the, the Paper Mario's intelligent systems. Right, yes. which is why they're not doing that anymore. Right, either. yeah, because they're because <laughs> they're doing permanent. Fire Emblem. Well, and when they have done it, it's clearly not been their best effort. Yeah, right? yeah, they fucked they fucked up that formula because they want wanted to get rid of the RPG mechanics because Nintendo had this weird idea that they couldn't have the Mario Luigi games and Paper Mario exist both as RPGs. But it does like cement means that Paper Mario Thousand Year Door will probably be the best Mario RPG ever made forever. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Unless this now means the grand return of Paper Mario RPGs. Yeah, yeah, now, now that they don't have a competing RPG Mario Luigi game. <laughs> I wonder why that is. Those, well, it's been, a, it's been a while since those games have had, like, I guess what you'd call a real heavy hitter. Like, well, what was the last one? Was it Bowser's... No, it was... It was Green, a remake of Bowser's Inside Story, Well, yes, the right? remake... I'm talking about the actual games. Right, Dream yeah. Team Bros was the last one on the 3DS, but then there was the right. remakes of the older ones, Bowser's yeah. Inside Story and the other one that I don't remember. I guess I guess a remake of a what is a relatively niche game just wasn't enough to carry it. Yeah, I guess. That, I, like, that didn't, probably didn't make that much money. Did Bowser's Inside... What Did that did that come out on Switch, or was that still a 3DS release? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that might have just been a free US release, like the right. last one. So, if, had they brought that to Switch, do you think that would have been more? Maybe. Give it more exposure? Or bringing, like, both the remakes to Switch. Put, so them, to, put them together in one pack. So, I've not played any of those, but I've seen you play a reasonable chunk of Dream Team Bros. Yeah. And man, the writing in that is solid. Yep. It's like it, it carries. It was like Mar- like Paper Mario. Yeah, <laughs> they both ca- had good writing. It writing. carries the old Paper Mario torch like really well. Man, that's, that is quite a shame. Like, I, I, it's, it's not a series I got. I've really ever played. Actually, I've not even touched, so I can't really uh, say. But outside looking in, those games seem cool. Yeah, that's a, that's, yeah, that's a bummer. But I mean. I guess the IP will survive because it's technically just Mario. Mario. <laughs> yeah, well, like you said, maybe this is the like, uh, maybe they won't bring it back as Mario and Luigi. Maybe they'll be like, okay, we've got a gap now. Our RPG side has fallen. Our Mario RPG side has fallen dead. Maybe we'll 
maybe we can reinvigorate this do, as a new IP. They do kind of need another developer to be doing that. Because, yeah. like, if you, I mean, Intelligent Systems makes Fire Emblem now, so they're not yeah. going to be able to do anything. <laughs> and those games are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, like, yeah, good luck if they, good luck ever getting anything else out of them. Yeah. But so now that they don't even have a developer for Mario Luigi that's separate from whatever main Nintendo is. Hmm. Sega do it. <laughs> that would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> Sega, Sega logo on a Mario game. I mean, they've had a Sega logo on an F Zero game. That's true. And technically, there's a Sega logo on Mario and Sonic in yep, the Olympic Games. There is. I, I don't think I said this on the cast, but like the last cast, but. That you know, they put out that next trailer for Mario and Sonic. I think we did. Tokyo. Oh, did we mention it last time? Maybe. Okay. The more I look at that game, the more I, a bit of me goes, "That looks good." Yep. Like weirdly good. Like better than it deserves to be good. Even if maybe maybe you know if any if if just a few of those games land in sort of like as decent party games. Hey, maybe that tennis is good, mm. right? <laughs> maybe that rugby <laughs> is good. But it, it looks like a quality product. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm tempted. This is, this is a bad sign. I'm tempted. <laughs> is there anything else really like coming up towards the end of this year that we're actually interested in? Like, I feel like we might have already had this year's like burst that we care about because what like breakpoint just came out <laughs> and i'm not interested in that no. um call of duty's on the cusp and yeah this might be a good one but i don't know if i'm I've, i haven't really been a call of duty interested for a while mm. really it looks like um, it's going i don't know it looks like maybe it'll be a good one yeah the beta was fun um uh, yeah I've, I've heard it might still be like the you know the, some of the early reports about that campaign is like yeah don't it's sort of ignore all this like realism bravado it's still Call of Duty yeah kind of thing like it's still it's still going to be some dumb plot <laughs> yeah I guess Death Stranding I suppose oh that's, yes that's the big that's one that's the one that's the one there you go that's the ticket Pokemon <laughs> yeah apparently. Yeah, but we're, again, that's we've cooled on that. Yep. About Doom. Even if it does have surfetched. Oh yeah, Doom. I totally forgot about Doom. Hell yeah, literal hell yeah. <laughs> how about how? Oh, man, I, I, I'm sorry, Doom. I've forgotten about you. I don't know when you're coming out. What about Outer Worlds. That must be. Hmm. Is that this year? I saw the pre-purchase thing pop up on Xbox. Yeah, I guess it must be this year. Because that will come out in Game Pass. Hey. <laughs> so you won't have to get it on Actually, an no, will it? Actually, it might not, because it's private division, not Microsoft, right? Yeah. yeah. So it might not turn up on Game Pass. I'd like it to turn up on Game Pass. I'll play that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like free stuff. Yeah. Or free relatively stuff. free stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but I like the cut of its jib. The, um... Slightly shorter Obsidian branded experience sounds sounds good to me. Right, I think that's good. gonna be a that's gonna be a podcast, I reckon. 
Yep. That's a podcast. I'm yeah. so hungry right now. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, listeners. We're going to go get some foods. Pizza! Uh, uh, check out the videos on our channel. What was it? The well thing? Creature in the well. Creature in the well. It's our latest. I'm sure there'll be more. Not the, not the most memorable title in the world, I guess. Creature in the well. Video, yeah. To check that out. Uh, uh, yeah, we took a week off from recording, so like we literally week. don't know what's going on. Yeah, we, we actually don't. So we, have, we haven't got anything in the hopper right now. But there will be more, and there'll not, be. It, it was nice taking a week off. I'll give it that. I've yeah. actually had time to play Bloodstained this weekend, rather than doing video stuff. <laughs> Shouldn't take you that long to do videos. Well, no, it's because we switched video. Mm. You switched. Tool. I switched video tool. Yeah, so it's it took a classic mistake. To... <laughs> never break the process never break the process yeah that's true I could go back to the old process if I wanted but like yeah I, I wanted to try something new because DaVinci yeah. DaVinci Resolve is a free and very powerful video editor but it's different to what I'm used to so it's quite a lot different to what I'm used to so there's some there were some new challenges there so we will overcome I'm, well, you will I'm overcome yet, I'm not the yet new convinced challenges. I'll stick with it but okay. we'll, we'll see <laughs> it has uh, yeah, like everything, there are definite there are there are improvements in some places, like significant improvements in some places, but there are some areas that are more difficult than they used to be in my process. And it's indeed, yeah, so it's a balancing act. I'm, I haven't quite sorted out. Either way, there will be videos, and there will be another podcast in a couple of weeks. Join us then. Bye.